Welcome to the Absurd Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Alex Neb. Woo. Yeah, All right, uh, let's get this show rolling. Yeah, this is episode two of our new uh, video tele. What, do you, what is it called? A video Podcast? cast? A video cast? Video oh. cast? Uh, telecast? Um, hmm. What well, do they call that? <clears throat> well, either way, look, we're doing a couple new things this episode. Are, Are we, we vloggers? Is that it? Is it a vlog? It's kind of like a vlog. Okay, it's okay, a vlog. Well, so now it's going to be a little bit different. We've raised the camera a little bit, worked out oh, a couple of the kinks. Shit. And uh, so hopefully this will be a better viewing experience for y'all. And we also have a, a an actual AC adapter for the uh, for the camera, so we're not going to run out midstream. Yeah. And have to subsequently end the podcast, or well, prematurely. Well, we got a, well either way, we got a lot of stuff on our plate today. Let's but first, I guess let's start with a little pop culture. Uh, obviously, the fucking Super Bowl that was last week. Yes, hail to the Chiefs! Hail to the Chiefs! Andrew, you are a Chiefs fan, so I'm going to let you take this topic. Well, you know, I mean, there's not a whole lot to say. San Francisco sucks dick, and uh, they deserve everything they got. So, you know, of course, it, it was not without controversy. Um, you know, there was a couple of people that were posting videos saying that the refs were clearly in the bag for the Chiefs. That's, I don't, how could that be true when literally the Chiefs were like, no offense, but like, they were. it looked to me like they were barely keeping up at first. Then they started getting their ass handed to them. By the third quarter, it was 20 to 10. 49ers, and then the fourth quarter, nine minutes left. Nine minutes left changed everything. Yeah, I know. And you know, I I got to tell you, it's not surprising. I mean, it, that's their been, style. The last couple games, they they came back from the from the, the entire playoffs. We had been down ten points or more and came back to win. Patrick Mahomes is a perfect, I think, uh, five and zero oh when trailing by more than ten points in in playoff games. So it's amazing that you can perform. It's like there's the pressure of being the Super Bowl, then there's the pressure of losing. So now you're really getting psyched out, and then having to come back. Yeah, I mean, what they were saying, and I mean, I, I can't help but agree, is that, like, you just pissed him off. I mean, you know, he threw those two picks, and on mm. the second pick, you know, the 49ers thought they had it in the bag. They rushed all into the end zone to take the pictures and everything, and as soon mm. as that happened, it was like that That was the moment they lost the game. I mean, after that, you, you, do, not, you do not embarrass the Chiefs or try to embarrass the Chiefs like that because it'll well, come it was, back it to was, bite It was a glorious win. I'll give them that. I mean, I, I'm not a big football guy, but I watched the entire game. It was a Super Bowl party, a Chiefs party, and uh yeah, yeah, it was great. It was what I mean. People like half out, like, nervous, and then after the third quarter, they were like shitting their pants, of and course. then and then they were like very raucous after the win. I mean, I look. I'm not gonna lie. I definitely was at a point where you know when the fourth quarter started, I thought to myself, I'm like, you know, we haven't been here in 50 years, l- much longer than I've been alive, and so it's unreasonable to expect that the first time that we'd show back up after a 50 year you know break, a hiatus you know, that we were going to win. I mean, I had kind of resigned myself. I'm like, well, at least I had a good party. I've got good people surrounding me. You know, we had plenty of drinks, smokes, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, yeah. You were I, mean, at a, I, sh- I should have gone to your party. I was at a good friend's house. I had a great time. There was plenty of food, but, like, these are all moms with their babies. So it was just like, <laughs> it's like shit. But we set up a projector. We were outside, so that yeah. was good. Yeah, I mean, we were, and it got cold, man. That was kind of nice, too. Because it was cold. I made the mistake. I was wearing some chief slippers, and then as we started to lose, I'm like, maybe I'll take these fucking slippers off, and that'll ch- turn things around. I'm standing Your out. Your feet are a, sweating. Dude, I've got, I'm in the car, like, standing on a, on a rug on the uh, in the back patio, and, of course, like, just by, like, induction, you know, all the heat has left my body, and my toes were numb by the time yeah, it was done. Yeah, they say your feet. They, people always talk about your ears, but I think most people may not know that it's actually your feet that are number one thing to keep warm because you lose so much heat through. But it was worth it. Okay, so let's go. So let's, get to, let's get to the relative controversy along with that game. I mean, fuck the sporting aspect of it. The halftime show. My first, my honest reaction. I thought it was okay. I like J Lo. I like Shakira. Uh, sure. You know. You know, I liked hearing some of my songs. I mean, as soon as like J Lo came out, I was like, oh shit, is that Jenny from the fucking block? Yeah. And then. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they were just hot and doing their dancing thing. But as usual, like, I think there was a bit of a manufactured crisis because my my liberal friends were already saying, like, how there was a huge backlash from the right about, like, it wasn't family appropriate. And I guess I could say 
like, what is family appropriate? I mean, like, the previous year when you had Maroon 5, what's-his-face had his fucking shirt up, but that's not a big deal. And these women, they were, I mean, they're scantily clad, but they're performers. I mean, they're, they're you know, they're, they're right. artists. Absolutely. Now, it's a spectacle. It's meant to be as such. Yeah, and, the, but some people were like, oh, she's grinding on a pole, or they're booty dancing, and stuff like that. I mean, I don't, first off, I'm certainly not offended. Like, it's a show. Yeah. Like, that's what, that's literally how they make, shake your money maker. That's right. literally what they do. Well, and here's the thing, too, is that, like, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I don't see any reason that anybody should be offended. Um, but I have by a lot of conservative friends. You know, the, the thing, I guess, like, the, the line I kept hearing, though, like, the premise was that it's a family event and that, you know, you shouldn't subject family uh, to, to that type of lewd and lascivious conduct. But the fact of the matter is, is that any, any child that's watching that, is probably or that would be watching the Super Bowl to actually watch the Super Bowl is of an age where they already see shit like this all the time. So it's nothing out of the ordinary. Yeah. And I mean if you if you really are offended or if you think that your children are ready off, for don't that, wa- don't watch that don't watch the halftime show. I sure am out of the room. This is your responsibility. You're a parent. Yeah, be for a parent. sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't like self censorship at all. Yeah, I mean, so take do it at the home. censorship should be at the home level, not the state level. Right. And I appreciate what they did. I mean, I thought it was a wonderful performance. I mean, again, like nothing out of the ordinary. I mean, it was everything that you'd expect. That movie that J Lo just did, she was a fucking stripper. What do you think they were going to dovetail those two things? There, Come on. There's like um, there's just like you know, I didn't he see any of this manufactured. I, f- I feel like there was a lot of manufactured outrage because I didn't see any conservative friends bitching, and then but I saw also saw a lot of my like liberal leftist friends on Facebook like. First off, there was like this weird like, like um, so many like so. First off, classic one. There was like the multicultural bullshit. People were like, "Wow, showcasing the taste of Miami," and I was like, and "Then people were like, oh, what a multicultural city." I'm like, first off, I don't like that stupid word. Uh, uh, Miami tends not to be a multicultural city. If anything, what makes Miami unique is that it's a monoculture city, heavily influenced by uh, Latin culture. Absolutely. And um, and but yeah, it's just like but like people were like posting flags like Puerto Rican flag, Colombian flag, and then. J Lo is also Puerto Rican, and there's, and there's Rican, Bad yeah. Bunny. There's Boricua. Bad, yeah, and then um, so I, I just thought that was kind of dumb. We were like, "Oh, it's so great to see a multicultural event at the Super Bowl." I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, like, and and then um, and then there was like um, it's like the Super Bowl itself is kind of a multicultural <laughs> event. Like, I yeah, mean, you've got white players, black players, <laughs> Hispanic players, you know, yeah. fucking people from all over. So yeah. what are you gonna do? Yeah, and sometimes you got like convicted murderers and rapists on the field. You God don't know. bless them. <laughs> um, <laughs> they poured their hearts out. Yeah, so that was kind of, and then so people, so anyway. People, some people, some people. Apparently, some people said there was a the conservatives bitching, and then the left was like, "Oh my God, this was a, this was so." What the fuck was it? They they were like bitching that. Um, I mean, really, what it came down to though is like it was just again a vocal minority on both sides that yeah, really wanted yeah, to kind of get their at, yeah. Per- yeah their perspective out there. And I don't begrudge it, you know, begr- uh, begrudge them for it, but. You're you're never going to make everybody happy, and I think the vast majority of people saw it for what it was—a very entertaining fucking time yeah. filler. While the other, you know, while the teams that you're actually there to celebrate or are actually there to watch were able to kind of, you know, uh, recuperate, you know, to be able to come out and play a killer second half, and that's what they did. So yeah. Anyway, so I mean, yeah, I just thought again, it's just incredible, like the hyper partisanship, both with respect to political parties and also like world views in America, like that there, everything has to be. A news story based, built around a, like a, a manufactured crisis. You know, and it's crazy too because I mean, like this is something that's been happening for years. Like on Twitter, for example, right? Which is obviously yeah. like we talked about this before. How like on Twitter, Twitter represents about ten percent of the population, and two percent of all individuals on Twitter are responsible for eighty percent of the content, right? So, yeah. I mean, that's such a small proportion of all the individuals that actually participate well in that in that realm. And then you have fucking something like the Super Bowl. That all of a sudden now, like it starts to bleed over into Facebook and other things. Like these yeah, are these are reasonable people, yeah. and I'm like, 
what's happening with the world? Like, why is this this happening? Like, everybody's becoming so bifurcated about, like, what their perspective uh, is on, I don't know, general programming. And the thing is, to me, that really pisses me off is that, like, you turn on ABC at fucking 8 o'clock at night once the, like, the primetime shows start, and they're, shit, damn, this and that ass everywhere you know like adult relationships happening all over the place and there's plenty of families that watch those fucking shows with their kids and you don't hear a fucking peep out of them so yeah what the hell man what are we doing here yeah I, I, yeah the whole thing's just fucking fake yeah it's not it's not really my favorite aspect of of you know i guess the current climate okay well let's go back um a couple weeks i mean we're gonna get to the impeachment of state union address but i want to get back to something's yeah, yeah, happened because yeah, it's, it's been like chronological two or, two or, if possible it's been two or three weeks since since our last podcast so like um, Joe Rogan, ah. as everyone knows here, has the most popular, biggest platform in the fucking world. He yep. has more viewers than all three main like uh, major news media's uh, sure. like combined viewership. Absolutely. His anyway. podcast, each some some episodes, like his average episode, I think gets something like twelve million downloads. Whether or not that's like through YouTube or just the podcast itself, and I mean, an average CNN show, for example. Maybe has two to three million viewers a night. Yeah, so. like, like 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 as many as like maybe the most popular show. Yeah, right. So, Frank, so anyway, so they they Joe Rogan they they asked him on the podcast. They asked him. They said like, you know, who would you vote for? And he's interviewed quite a few people on his podcast, and um, he just said like, uh, and there are also a few people he wouldn't interview. Uh, most notably, like Pete Buttigieg and Joe Rogan. Uh, sorry, uh, Joe Biden, Elizabeth and, Warren too. Yeah, yeah, and um, so anyway. But he said, you know, honestly, uh, you know, it was weird, it was weird too, because to me, it was kind of shocking that he actually supported Sanders, only because Joe Rogan on his podcast seems to, like, Bernie Sanders is obviously the most leftist candidate, sure. but Joe Rogan is not the most leftist guy. No, absolutely not. But, I he's guess... He's definitely on the left. Like, he'll no, tell you, like, I mean, he's, he, liberal, he's yeah. like, I've literally never voted for a right-wing person yeah, in my no, entire a, life. Yeah, he's a liberal. But he's, he's very moderate. You know, it's like... He doesn't have any of the the. I think what it is is he's on the eco- he's on the economic left, and he's like what we used to call like a normal person, like that both conservatives and liberals can agree on, like things like like should be able be able to drink and smoke and fuck things sure. like that. Like he's sure. not a, he's not a puritan, yep. right? Like he likes he curses. He yeah, has no course. problem with people making personal decisions. Yeah, he advocates the use of psychedelics like yeah. regularly. <laughs> yeah. So stuff. You like, ever done DMT? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, he said I would probably vote for Bernie Sanders. Yeah, and then that was it. Now, in a normal world, you'd be ecstatic because now you literally... I mean, it's one thing for Andrew Yang to get the fucking uh, Dave Chappelle like right. endorsement, but it's another thing for like Bernie Sanders to get literally the most popular guy in the fucking world. Yeah. It's endorsement. But of course, the left, which pretends to, to be about strategy first and tactics second, when when it comes down to this, they, they there was a huge outrage. They go, and this wasn't one of those... Two, I mean, yeah, again, it's part of that, that 2% Twitter argument, but there's also like... There was quite a lot of people were like, oh, my God, this is bullshit. They, yeah. they almost don't like it that the popular guy who disagrees with them on certain issues still supports them. Yeah, well, this is the crazy. They can't build a coalition. No, that's the weirdest thing, right? So, like, to me, just like you said, Bernie is probably the uh, the, the furthest leaning, left-leaning candidate that's there by far. I mean, Democratic, Socialist, you know, self-avowed, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And even amongst his supporters, they were split down the middle on this, it seemed like. You know, Joe Rogan's not left enough. He doesn't share all their same values. So... You know, Bernie should not, like, accept his endorsement, quasi-endorsement, if you will. I mean, he just basically was kind of speaking out of of hand and was just like, yeah, you know, I mean, if the exact context was, I think at this point, I'd probably vote for Bernie Sanders. He wasn't like, I'm totally in the bag for Bernie Sanders. Fuck everybody else. Mm -hmm. But I guess, I mean, the, the, the entire thing happened in the context of a conversation where he was saying... He's like, well, of the available candidates, I mean, I, you know, I like Andrew Yang. He didn't say Andrew Yang specifically in this one, which is, I think it just slipped his mind. But yeah. he was like, yeah, I'd probably look at either Bernie Sanders or uh, 
What was the other one that he said? He said it was Bernie Sanders and somebody else, but he's like, at this point, I'd probably vote for Bernie Sanders. And, you know, they, they couldn't even accept that, you know, People can maybe express an opinion. Yeah, well, maybe they're maybe they're bringing somebody into the tent. You know, like I mean, if you want your guy elected, right? Don't you want anybody who's willing to share at least some the same, subset the of the same values? leftists that talk about like his amazing Bernie Sanders electability, the fact that like he is a populist and like in the 2016 election he probably would have won. He's he been- the only guy that can defeat Trump. This is a common refrain, and then yeah. you're going to say that you don't want the endorsement, you know, firm or quasi, of. Like you said, the most popular person in that sphere of influence. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. It's not that all of Joe Rogan's like viewers would automatically switch to Bernie. It's that they're more open to it because they realize that they're one of their main thought leaders, which is what Joe Rogan yeah. is at the end of the day. Yeah. He, he's an arbitrator, but he's a thought leader. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, he supports him and, and that's it. So anyway, and I can understand that support because honestly, like, you know, there's only a few people in that race even worth voting for based on what your priorities right, right, are. Sure. Because yeah. there are people that just aren't worth voting for. Any, because you're not going to get anything out of Elizabeth <laughs> yeah. Warren. You're not going to get anything out of Joe Biden. Yeah. You know. But uh, so. Um, but anyway. So yeah. Yeah. There was the class. So anyway, the controversy was, of course, that Joe Rogan isn't a raging cultural leftist. He's not a fucking Marxist. He's not. A, he's not a cultural Marxist either. Right. He thinks transgender people are mentally ill, and at the very least, they shouldn't be competing together in uh, right. in sports. Yeah. Especially uh, like the physical variety. That's a big thing. And he doesn't buy the metaphysical arguments either. He doesn't. He, he goes. You can't tell me that a woman who says she's a man. Regardless of whether she does any surgical or like uh, hormonal like uh, changes after she says that statement, that 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 makes her a man or vice right. versa, a woman. He goes, it doesn't. He goes, he goes, he like you know he believes obviously in, like biology. He says like you know you got X Y chromosomes, you got or you got X X chromosomes. And this isn't like some uninformed opinion either. This isn't like a guy who's just like a fucking redneck. This is a guy you know? who hangs out with the smartest people in the world right. and the most influential people in the world on a daily basis. Yeah, interviews them constantly. He's always changing his views. I mean, like you know he he's more than happy to like shift his opinions based off of new evidence and. Yeah. So when he says, like, hey, I think I'm in the Bernie Sanders camp, I mean... And then the media goes, like, far left, Nazi shill, fucking Joe Rogan. Which was amazing, (laughs) too, because, like, it was almost immediate. I mean, they they knew that this was problematic because they they couldn't get his viewership on a fucking good day. And so, like, the idea that, like, you know, he's going to sit there and he's going to say something that doesn't, like comport with like the the mainstream narrative anyone you know, who is anyone who isn't anyone doesn't tow the party line and drinks the kool-aid whether it's sam harris or imagine Nawaz or any of these fucking yeah. liberals like they automatically get labeled true far right, liberals far yeah. right or they say right adjacent whatever the fuck this is a new thing if you can't call someone a nazi just say nazi adjacent well that reminds it goes back to that fucking um that study that was put out by i forget who the fucking people are now um, but they like they created like a web of influence or whatever, and they had like Joe Rogan connected to fucking I don't know like the most aberrant characters on the right because he had him on the show to like just interview. Yeah, him who's just the most, who's the most thoughts. controversial character he's ever interviewed? Like Steve Molyneux or you know? I don't uh, know. St- yes, yeah, for sure him. But then also um, I think the one the main one they tried to tie him to was uh, what's that fucking guy's name? He's like almost gone from the fucking public view now. Um, the gay dude, the one who has the black husband or whatever. Um, Oh, Miley That's it, right? And so, like, immediately they draw this web, and they're like, "Well, he's connected to Stefan." Probably Molyneux the only guy who's ever even interviewed who's even on the alt right. Yeah, and Molyneux's connected to Cernovich and Cernovich and this and, that and the other. And so it's like, yeah, of course they want to like do everything they can to make this guy like you know a non-participant. Well, the, the the best part is that it's, an, it's there's two there's a du- there's a duality that I really enjoy. One is that it's such a bad strategy for the left. Like, it makes me like even though I want to get rid of Trump, like I, to me, it's like it's amazing that the left can't get out of its own fucking way. I know. And and the second thing is like the ineff- the you know, the inefficacy of their argument. Like, 
First off, controversial only makes Joe Rogan bigger. Second off, do you think you saying I'm not going to listen to Joe Rogan or support Joe Rogan affects Joe Rogan? For sure. And you know, mm-hmm. the best part was is that after they went on the attack, I kind of monitor like subscriber numbers because even when I like, you know, first subscribed to Joe on YouTube, he had maybe 2.7 million subscribers. So I was late to the party as it were. Yeah. And then over the last like, I don't know, several years, he's gone all the way up to seven. So he was at around 7.1 million subscribers. This whole thing happened. He's up to 7.9 million and change now. Yeah, because you just gave more people his name. Exposure. 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 Everybody's like, let me check in and see what this guy has to say. Maybe he's interviewing some interesting people. Maybe I can learn something. I remember what you were talking about, too, because I remember like years ago when I started seeing like Joe Rogan's podcast. I was like, why the fuck is the Fear Factor guy? I'm like, uh, maybe we'll see if this sticks around. Yeah, what is and this then, fucking comedian doing? And then doing? eventually start interviewing people that give a shit. But I was like, oh, fuck, this guy's a serious interviewer. Yeah. And then- <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's really, I was kind of... I was listening to um, his interview with uh, his name's Daryl Davis, and he was like, uh, he's a black dude who started uh, hanging around with uh, KKK members, yeah. um, trying to like just figure out what makes them tick. And um, that was a great episode, dude. He was the the interview itself was just unbelievable. The conversation was so fluid and so dynamic. Like there was no there was no point where there was any type of like dead space. I mean, you and I like we have good conversations, but occasionally we're trying to find topics. We're trying yeah. to figure out what to talk. Well, we're about. we're not fucking pros. And we're certainly not, we don't have the life experiences either of these gentlemen. But it's just crazy though that to think that like this is a guy who's like they're like oh the fight commentator like oh the comedian, but he's like he's actually like a really thoughtful individual. And, and so to everything. sit there and try to sidecast the fact, him, the fact that he has five fucking major successful jobs that he's good at. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> right, jack look, of all trades. Like, like, I mean, and he's not mediocre in any of these jobs. I mean, he's good at them. And so, I mean, you could say he's not a 10 out of 10, but you can say he's an 8.5 yeah. out of 10. He does right. the job well. For sure. Absolutely. And, and, and yeah, this kind of br- brings me to like a point that's been mentioned before on uh, Morning Rising, which is a show I watch lately to try to, because I, I need to consume, um, you know, I, I don't want to just consume right-wing media for getting upset and like and like there's no you know libertarian media doesn't even exist that's 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 like that's like a couple pages on facebook like right. fee and like yeah. a couple other things yeah. um so i watch morning rising because that has crystal whatever the fuck her name is and sagar yeah, yeah. And, uh, Chris, crystal hall yeah maybe and so oh, she's like a big bernie she's left she's pretty left but like but but still almost reasonable yeah and then uh and then sagar is more reasonable of course yeah and um sagar always says it. he goes you know believe it or not he goes, despite what leftists and libertarians want to believe, the truth is the United States is like – is really about 75 percent of the people in the United States are actually socially conservative and, and fiscally liberal. I yeah. mean they love taxing and spending. They want free shit. Yeah. But at the same time, there are bridges too far. I mean that's why you get pushback on things like you know gay rights historically or, 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 or the civil rights movement right. or you have um, – you know the the, the you know the quote unquote vestiges of sexism or uh, well that's why you have you have guys like uh, like Michael Malice I mentioned before one of, of his trans, famous right. one of his famous fucking sayings is um, is conservatism is progressivism driving the speed limit and it's just that like most people they all kind of like move towards the same thing but it's just that not everybody's willing to like jam the gas pedal under yeah, the floor yeah I'm not neglecting that there's a zeitgeist I mean look at gay rights I mean 20 years we've completely changed that entire yeah. dynamic in our society for the better and that's great I'm glad that three percent of our society is now. You know, more enfranchised and accepted. That's good, and um, and and it goes. This is also something that people always miss the mark on. Like they think because there's still like ten thousand Nazis in a country with three hundred thirty million people, that means that we haven't defeated racism. Right. And I feel like right. no, that that means we have. If 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 we literally have like thirty times more Icelandic people in the world <laughs> than there are fucking you yeah. know a country with three hundred thousand people than there are like Nazis in the United States. Well, similarly, you know, like yeah, of course there are always gonna be some people who hate homosexuals. You know, sure. you know, fuck fags, all that stuff. Or you're gonna burn in hell, stuff. The West, you're never gonna get rid of the Westboro Baptist Church, right? You know, the the de- the fear of death and them thinking this is the proper way to get to heaven is all the influence they need yeah. to have their feelings. Well, and you would you would argue, I mean, that it's a good but thing. Those, you want those radicals because what it does is it actually like 
it convinces people keeps you that, in check. Right. It convinces people like, like I'm hey, look, I'm not going to be that guy. Like, I mean, yeah. I'm a little bit, you know, I'm uncomfortable with this right now, but I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm not those fucking psychos. Yeah. And so, and that's the whole thing. I mean, like, you know, people, let me see here. Like, you know, people, there really is like this, like social, like, there's a social conservative vein, like despite like these culture wars that are going on right now and like who's in charge, who's in power and when not the people in power are pandering to the far left, which of course that definitely happens. And there are people in the power and the right that pander to the far right. But the truth is like the average American, you know, what, what do they, what do they want? They want a job. They want to get married. They right. want to have kids. They want schools. They want to be safe. These are like really basic. Yeah. They're not revolutionaries right. is the whole point. The, the American Republic, despite the hyperpartisanship, is not a revolutionary people. Yeah, and they're just happy to kind of like exist and, in their bubble. And, and our constitution speaks that we may be the youngest country in the in the Western Hemisphere, but we have the oldest constitution in the world that's still in work, that's right. still functioning. So I think that speaks volumes. And then this this comes to another issue. I mean, this whole like like socially conservative, fiscally liberal part of our of our country, like the real the real uh, like uh, average of Americans is that like you know the right can move easier on identity. Oh, sorry, the right can move to the left easier on economics then the left can move to the center on identity and that's why the left literally they literally spend 15 minutes out of a two-hour fucking debate democratic debate talking about trans transgender people and, they, yeah. and then joe biden goes you know back to that bernie attack about joe goes oh what a piece of shit courting the alt-right uh I, I believe even though i'm the most centrist candidate in the race i believe that transgender rights are the civil rights uh, movement of our generation just trying to score points like yeah. no one believed him everyone was bullshit and the worst part is not only did no one believe him no one agreed with him right right like, only the far regressive left would ever believe the transgender rights are the civil rights movement for me the civil rights movement of our generation of course is always going to be economic yeah, look at like, scale though yeah you know i mean it's just no way that that could happen yeah so i mean versus like you know the right obviously you know you know, even like people like uh, Charles Murray. You know, he, he's. You know, there are plenty of people on the right that now advocate for universal basic income. You know, they're willing to make compromises. They say, like, you know, I think we can replace the welfare state, but let's make sure we get, take care of people by giving them a direct cash transfer. Right. The left will never say, okay, well, let's consolidate our gains with the with with the other ninety nine percent of the population, and then the trans people will we, will be like hopefully supportive. Uh, we're not gonna like make this like the centerpiece of our social the social issue campaign, right? And so and, and that's the problem. Like this, this again, the left has really the, there are twice as many liberals as there are conservatives. Yet conservatives generally win because because they don't alienate people the same way that liberals do. Big tent, yeah, yeah. So anyway, next on my list is the coronavirus. <laughs> oh, okay, all right, yeah, yeah. What a fucking fiasco that is. And it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, it's got like a 3% kill rate. And then, so, of course, like all things, people say you can't trust the Chinese government's figures. And I believe that. There's so there's many interesting parts to this story. So, one, like bats was the vector because people eat bats. Fantastic. Just like, you know, we invented AIDS from fucking monkeys. Yeah. No, or eating well, monkeys. I mean, <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, that was what it was, right? It was some guy who killed a monkey or whatever. Well, we and don't then, know. Like, we still don't know if it was a monkey butcher or a monkey fucker. We have, here's the thing, too. We all, the again, classic thing. The left is really comfortable saying that, you know, right-wing conservative like leave voters in the uk are a bunch of sheep shaggers but so you admit and we recognize that beast in the same people that celebrate like all the forms of sexuality the left where they say like oh you know everything's normal everything every sexual behavior is normal nothing nothing's an aberration okay well that includes bestiality that people do that i mean it's, yeah. it's a common thing around the world like one some percentage of the population is fucking animals yeah goat booting okay well then why would you <laughs> rule that out as like racist or sex or like homophobic or whatever to say that like someone fucked an fucked a, fucked an animal that happened to be a vector for a really crazy disease whether it's coronavirus or hiv but i want to put the hiv thing on the table just because i don't want to get labeled like a fucking lunatic alex jones type but um it took it took all of about three days for uh the left to start screaming about whether or not you had experienced any like you know racist uh uh 
any racist behaviors towards you or whatever as like if you're an Asian American or whatever like oh maybe they have coronavirus or whatever. Do you see that? No. No. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. There was like it was like a whole thing. They were like they're like people are looking at Chinese people funny in Chinatown, in New York. Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. It was good. So anyway, like every so there's a couple things like China. The w, for, for for okay. Let, let's start with overlay. The WHO said do not close borders. That's not what we want to do. We want to. Uh, we're better off like. But you can't blame countries for reflexively closing their borders. And so and so China goes on one hand. China says, you know, America is, is going against the WHO, which is fair, and like they're 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 shutting us out and just causing like anti-Chinese panic. But at the same time, the Chinese government, in a separate statement, said we failed to uh, handle this uh, outbreak uh, in an efficient way. Yeah. And that's why they literally had to. They said, oh, they built. A, everyone's like impressed that they built a hospital with slave labor in one week in China. That means that means two things. One, that they didn't have a hospital, which is fucked up. And two. That they needed a hospital. Right, correct. Or that they're anticipating needing <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, so. And so, like, that was the big thing for me is that, you know, I mean, I, I do appreciate, though, because our original stance, like, a, the governmental stance here in the U.S. was not that we were going to sh- close our borders to these people or that we were going to evacuate, you know, our own citizens. Right now from, we're quarantining we're gonna, when it comes in. Whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But the, it was the airlines that made the first move that were like, hey, look, you know, there's going to be some liability here for us if we decide that we're going to keep transporting potential, you know, vectors for this disease. So... We, gotta we need their, to, yeah, we need to fucking back out. And of they got to protect their bottom line too. I mean, right. like you know. And then after the fact, that's when the state finally was like, "Okay, we're I've, shutting it down." I have a friend named Erica. She lives in Nanjing, uh, uh, China, big big part. And um, she literally, I mean, this is a city with like 15 million people. She sh- she's posting videos every day on the street, major highway, four lanes each way. Yeah. Nothing. Ghost. Nothing. Yeah. I mean, she's like, people are literally just staying home and hunkering down. Yeah. And um. And yeah, they've you know people are like panicking using masks. Masks help, but they don't stop everything. And um, I mean, ultimately, there's you know just, people just need to accept like hopefully you're not weak. But it's really crazy. Not everyone was who died is elderly or a child. Like um, one of the doctors who was originally yeah. on the case, he died after ten days. Well, he's not dead. I thought so, he did die. Yeah, it, today I saw that too. But uh, it turns out that it was bad information. He's actually just like critical or whatever. But he's still actually being. Still though. I mean, the, plenty of conspiracy theories he's came no out about that because they were like, "Oh yeah, if you're a dissident or you do something that makes the Chinese Communist Party look bad, they just fucking kill you." They're like, "Okay, yeah, he died of the disease. That was that was quick and easy." Well, they do kill people. I mean, I I knew someone who was there, and um, not not recently, but like back in the day, and and he was just like, and he's like, "Oh, you want to go see where the killing fields are?" Like. And like yeah, they they literally they take truckloads of people and they execute them sure all the time yeah or throw them in concentration camps yeah sure you know whatever Re- reeducation camps oh sorry <laughs> excuse me sorry yeah you don't want to like yeah. anyway no so yeah I mean obviously like all like all diseases I mean like SARS was far more deadly at nine percent or something like yeah. that so at the end of the day it's just another human outbreak yeah. we have a lot of people on this planet we have a lot of vectors people we have we don't have the same sanitary state uh, standards around the world and yeah if you're if you're eating mammals. It's only a matter of time before, you know, a virus crosses virus yeah, over, yeah. Luck yeah. and key theory. And it's it's really like, it doesn't seem to me that it's going to be a a huge issue, right? Like, they're saying it could be the next plague. You know, they're comparing it to the Spanish flu and this, that, and the other. And it's like, nah. man, this is not 1912. Like, there's no reason that we can expect the same level yeah. of care, you know, as far as... Yeah, we certainly have a lot better technology to keep people alive. So. You know, it's the symptoms that kill people, not the disease. Right. So, this is a virus. Yeah. So... And, you know. and as far as, like, communicability, it doesn't seem like it's any better or worse than, like, the common cold. You know, I mean, I, there was a a graph of, Three, like... You, every person infects two and a half people or something yeah, like that? Yeah, right. So, I mean, come on. You know, I don't know. But it was interesting, though, because, I mean, they definitely... They did a, they did what they do in China, and they definitely didn't start releasing numbers that were seemed to be accurate. Either that or the thing's gone fucking parabolic because... Well, yeah, like Chinese, Chinese dissidents saying, of course, and I believe them, 
naturally, but they go like, you know, the Chinese government's lying. Right. You know, the, the situation on the ground is far more chaotic and dangerous than they're letting on. But that being said, that doesn't mean... By the way, I, sorry, I was going to say, actually, you know, it's funny. I saw a thing the other day, like, you know, coronavirus comes out. No one's talking about Hong Kong anymore. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like more like Chinese conspiracies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, there's going to be those. And, I mean, look, it, it, here's the problem. It may not be accurate, but it does beg the question. I don't, I don't have a problem with conspiracy theory because a lot of them do tend to pan out, right? I mean, especially ones with, you know, state actors that don't necessarily have the highest regard for their population. So yeah. maybe it is something to do with that. I mean... China's like manufacturing economy has been destroyed. Their real estate economy has been destroyed. Um, this is the first quarter where they're going to have an uh, average annualized growth rate of less than five percent, dude. And they've injected something like through their 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 uh, you know their national banks and whatnot. Oh, they've yeah, injected they inj- like seven hundred and fifty billion dollars. Yeah, for in liquidity, the, in, right in the first quarter. So. Ooh. Well, it's not surprising to me that they would do something that would cause people to Well, they're lucky they have that kind of money. I mean, you know, they're lucky we got people like us giving them, like, hundreds of billions of dollars a year in interest payments. Don't worry, we've got your back. (laughs) Yeah, when we do QE, we're we're, we're creating debt. When they do QE, they're just, like, getting rid of money they don't need anyway. Yeah. So um, that's quantitative easing for for y'all in the audience. (laughs) Anyway, um, okay, well, fuck it. Let me me jump to another cultural event. Um, Kobe Bryant is dead. Uh, That was another big cultural event other than the the halftime show. Uh, Sorry, the Super Bowl. So let's talk about this real quick. Okay, let's talk about it. Okay, a couple things. First, the obvious. I mean, yeah, is it sad that he died? Sure. He's yeah, it's talented. tragic. He's talented. You know, he, he seems to be like a social cultural hero to yep. many people. Uh, you watch basketball, uh, in the, and um, so yeah, I know I know he played for Lakers. I know he was a big he was a big player yep. back in the day. Now he's, he was just doing national team stuff like that. Uh, not even anymore. He was completely retired from basketball. But he was going point. for something somewhere, wasn't he? Basketball related or no? Oh well, I mean, he has his own like. Uh, you know, Mamba University, which is like a uh, like a program to help youths, you know, well, excel. I can't remember the cities he was going to, but the cities apparently, according to the map, are 40 miles apart. So yeah. there's a couple things here. One, traffic in California is clearly that bad. He's been doing this for years, though. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, rich people take helicopters. Yeah. I mean, it's the most common form of transportation for the rich in, and in it's Brazil. And re- it's a reliable helicopter, too. It's a Sikorsky S-76, I think, which is like one of the most common My, uh, executive transports there is. There's a couple things, though, like... Um, my wife's cousin is a is a Coast Guard pilot in, in Iceland, and um, I talked about this extensively. This, this, this were his his insights. He goes, "It's an excellent helicopter." He goes, "The problem was the pilot." He goes, "The pilot." He goes, "This type of helicopter." He goes, "I only fly it with another person." Of it course, takes, it's a, there's a lot going on this, in this cockpit. You need to keep. Now he goes on top of that. This guy's by himself. He's got nine passengers, all of which are famous. So he's distracted, and they're and they're, and they're, they're rich enough that they play by their own rules. So they're probably not. You know, they're distracting the pilot as well. Fucking um. You know, there's Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and then seven other passengers. You know, these rich people, you know, instead of driving 40 40 miles, they take a helicopter. There was a lot of fog that day. This pilot goes alone to either save money for the client or because he wanted double pay for himself. So he flies by himself. And so there's two things when you're flying. One is called VFR, one is IFR, visual flight rules and instrument flight rules. Right. This guy was not good at instrument flight rules. No, no, no. That's not true. He was certified for IFR. He's certified, but he wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't considered like like good enough to fucking do the like IFR. You need when you're doing IFR, you need two people because you need one person flying the plane and one pla- one one person looking at the instruments. Same thing when you have a plane. That's one person's calling, not calling true either. No, no, this is literally what the the, the, the I know. But when you no, that's not true though. Because when you when you fly, I mean, I don't know about large aircraft or commercial aircraft, but when you when you go for your private pilot uh, pilot's license, and if you mm. want to get an IFR rating, 
you do it by yourself and you fly sure, instrument only. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Like I mean, there's someone there, but they're not. They're not no, helping no, of course, you at all. No, no. To pass the test, you have to be able to do it by yourself. Right. But it's never recommended. Of course to fly not. Fly IFR it's by not yourself. Recommended to do it VFR. No, no. You can do these things by. You can do VFR by yourself much you easier could, than do IFR right. by yourself. But this guy literally JFK'd himself to death because he's <laughs> fucking like having a basic junior. Like, have, having a basic fucking um like uh safeguard. Yeah. He didn't, ha- he didn't have a second pilot, yeah. so he either wanted to double pay for himself or the customer wanted to pay only one pilot, one or the other. So it was a lot of shortcutting. That's, I mean, it could also be that the company didn't want to fucking shell out for it, too. Well, either way. They, fucking they're, whatever. Well, now, they're, yeah. now they're grounded all their shit, and then, so they're going to well, lose Well, because anyway. they're going to lose their license because yeah. that was the thing is that even though he was certified for IFR and he was certified for the, what is that, like... Um, low low risk or, or no i'm sorry like low visibility vfr whatever whatever the the specific flight rules he asked for from the yeah. tower he was certified for but the the business wasn't allowed to do it by ffa i gotta, FAA keep, I gotta, keep, I gotta keep drilling down on this though so if you listen to uh what was leaked by the uh air traffic controllers they literally constantly tell him you need to get up you need to go higher like yeah. as soon as soon so here's the classic thing here's oh it make sure everyone understands vfr and ifr let's pretend you're flying visual flight rules and then fog rolls in yeah you do not go under the fog to find fog. Fog, by definition, is low flying clouds. You have to, if you can't see the ground, you the, the first protocol is to go up and AT, ATC, the air truck controller say, get the fuck out of there, go up. And he didn't. They he won't s- even tell you to go up. They'll tell you to uh, to change your flight pan- yeah. plan. They'll tell you to go around. But he did. He, he was too yeah. confident and he was trying to save time. And he fucking went lower yeah. and then he cra- crashed to the fuck into a, like a, you know, high, a high range. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, no. I mean, I blame the pilot 100. percent I mean, the pilot's a fucking idiot. Well, I mean, I mean ultimately up. he's responsible. That's sure. for sure. I mean, and you can. I mean, it takes a lot of. There's different a million things, things for, that could go wrong, but the fact is, it didn't seem like anything was really going wrong. It was just the idea that like he had this like hubris that prevented him from making what was the the smart decision. But that's what I'm Yeah, you have to make like t- ten different things have to happen all at once for yeah. any any type of aircraft to crash. So there wasn't the second pilot. The f- conditions were rough. He wasn't as as good at IFR as he was obviously in VFR. He fucking made the wrong call when the fog came in and came low. He didn't listen to the air traffic controller. He was distracted. There was a lot of people in the fucking in the thing. So I mean, that was it. I think we're, 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 we're definitely going to have to at some point. We're going to have to revisit this topic because we'll we'll need to figure out what exactly went down when the NTSB releases they, their report because what they yeah. said. At first, they thought that he smashed just right into the mountain, that he was going too low, and that it was just 180 miles an hour, slam into the side of the mountain. It was controlled flight into terrain. But it wasn't, though. That's the thing, is that what they were saying is that the like the like whatever the tracking system is on that aircraft actually ended up telling him uh, telling them that at some point when he was he was trying to like get above the clouds or get above the fog, well, that the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the aircraft veered to the left and just essentially dropped out of the sky which is why it almost reached terminal velocity see that's not what i heard but i mean but but we'll have to see i mean like that's I said, what i mean it's like because i it's this is all like like because like i was just talking to like the only helicopter pilot in the family because like, yeah i wanted like someone who knows what the fuck they're talking about and he goes and like he's like yeah i mean like atc's telling him to do one thing he's doing another yeah. and then and then no no mate no mayday call none of that shit just yeah. just go crashing that's control flying to terrain that's pilot error you know, and well, so, they also were having trouble communicating, though, because of the fog and things like that. Like they, yeah. they were because they started barking at him, and they were like, "Hey, listen, you know, we don't even have you on radar because you're too low." Um, and then they, the last time they tracked the aircraft, I mean, it was moving, it was rising, and then all of a sudden, it just veered down. Well, let's talk about some of the controversy. Let's get past the crash. Of yeah. course, someone eventually says, "Hey, wasn't Kobe Bryant that guy who was accused of rape like 20 years ago?" <laughs> and like, and some people were like, "Now, first off, I'm a shock guy myself. I think that's." If nothing else, like timing if, is everything. If you just want to be a cunt, yeah, sure, it's hilarious. Put that out there. But like, it's it seemed more like the malicious kind, of like 
Oh, I see everyone's really upset that this this rich guy's dead, even though he's black. He's still a rapist, and he's a man. Yeah, I mean, I definitely made the joke. I, in, you know, in private, I was like, I'm like, oh, well, rip number eight. I'm like, oh, wait, wait, 24. Eight was the rapist. My bad. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but look, I mean, she she chose. I, I, I have to we have to be talking about the same person. It was some it was a, it reporter was... on Twitter that posts something about yeah. uh, like a, an article from <laughs> several years ago, you know, that was covering the whole situation and everything and it's like she said something to the effect of it's important to consider the entirety of their career both professionally and personally and you know maybe at this time it's a good chance to reflect on but you know he was never convicted the charges were dropped the person recanted their statement now of course we could talk about like the infidelity of like a like whatever like i don't know what was it a 35 year old smashing some 19 year old maid or whatever the fuck was working at the hotel that day and uh we could talk about all those things but the truth is he you was know, a lot younger than that, but yeah. She was 19. No, no, he was a lot younger oh, than that. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a while back. Yeah. Look, well, when it was 15 years ago. He's 41, right? So it was probably when he was like 26, right? Yeah, when you're that yeah. young, though, and you, you're making all this money hand over fist, I mean, you look at Tiger Woods. You think you're fucking invincible. And yeah. so, I mean, do I begrudge him his past actions? No. I don't give, I don't give a shit because yeah. I only, I've always had this opinion that, like, unless you're, like, you're a convicted serial killer, I'm only looking at what you're good at. Like, if you're a basketball player, you're a basketball player. You know, that's all That's all right. I'm judging you on. Yeah. You know, if you're a, you know, if you're a politician, I want to know how well you govern. You know. and, and you're talking about one of the most intimate acts that exists, right? I mean, it's it's between a man and a woman. And so who's to say what actually transpired or especially what, the, what their pers- individual perspectives are? And especially, like, I can't, I can't take anyone seriously, any accuser seriously, who makes millions of dollars off their accuser and recants their statement to get that millions of dollars. Sure. Yep. So, because, I mean, that's clearly what their priorities are. I mean, honestly, I feel bad for these rich guys because they really can't fuck who... This idea that they can fuck whoever they want is really overblown. They can't because anyone could actually falsely accuse them and they could lose all their money. Yeah, of course. <coughs> yep. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's prostitutes definitely only. That's yeah. it. Prostitutes and your wife. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it is sad, though, because, I mean, realistically, like, aside from that one act of indiscretion that we don't necessarily know about, um, he really did. He was a pillar of the community. I mean, one of the things that came out after he died um, was that, you know, he would quietly, like, part of the agreement was that his publicist, of course, wanted to, you know, put it out there that he was doing all this this charity work and everything, but... Anytime anybody would like call him up and be like, you're my idol that had like terminal cancer or something like that. Kids, adults, it didn't matter. He would go visit them. But part of the requirement was that there'd be no press about it, that you wouldn't tell anybody. And so he's like, well, now that he's gone, you know, I feel like we should put this out there because, you know, th- this is yeah, who he actually to bes- was. People trying to besmirch his name. So I have to, I feel obligated right. to defend him. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. And so it's just it's sad because, I mean, he really was doing a lot. I mean, I, that 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 university, that Mamba University, I mean, really was like a, a, a true charitable act. I mean, I don't think, you know, he ever made any money off of it. I don't think that like it was one of those situations where it was a charity, but he was still getting paid for appearances, you know, like a transfer from the charity to him personally or anything like that. So yeah, it sucks, man. I mean, he really, and he was like, look, there's no other basketball player, maybe aside from LeBron, but nobody says LeBron cause it's too fucking mouthy. But I mean, I remember when we were kids and we would be shooting basketball, everybody, Kobe, Kobe yeah, and you put shit. it up. And so, you know, yeah. it just it just sucks. It's it's not the I, person that you would think. I gave my nephew a toy helicopter the other day, and then he <laughs> crashed, and I, and I was like, Kobe! <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Hey, man, it's it's rough. No, whatever, fuck it. You know, they, nothing quite cuts through, like, death avoidance and death denial, like a famous power, famous person or a powerful person dying, because it reminds you that we're all humans. Yeah, definitely. Nobody's um, immune. Well, fuck it. Moving on. <laughs> um, Another piece of news was that Trump finally released his long-awaited 
Palestinian-Israeli peace plan, which, of course, was a joke, but it was better than most I've seen. Uh, it was another two-state solution with, with some interesting tunnels and stuff like that to connect all the Palestinian territories. Of course, my personal opinion about this is that there can only be one state solution. There's no point in having a two-state solution. Uh, we've never... I, I, so, actually, I was thinking about this Norwegian guy named Herman for the last few weeks. Really cool guy. But literally, I met him, and on his shirt, he said, he said David and Goliath, and it was a Palestinian with a slingshot with rocks. Oh, like, uh, yes. I'm like, oh, co-opting Judaism. Yes, for, very for, cool. Classic. And then, um, you know, like when you call like Jews Nazis, that kind of stuff. Anyway, but we... But he was a reasonable person, and um, and he's a, and what he does for his day to day living is um, he used to be an activist over there, but now he's um, he has a fishing boat and he like picks up refugees in the middle of the ocean between Italy and, and the Mediterranean Sea, and he fares because that's what that's what he believes in. He wants to save lives, sure. and like I, I don't begrudge that at all. I think I think it's a very noble thing. Yeah. I don't think it's an effective thing, and I think there's a magnet problem, you know. But uh, but that being said, he was a really cool guy, and we had a great time. But we were talking one night, and we were getting really into the weeds, and I felt like I had this major breakthrough in terms of my own thinking on the issue because I was trying to talk to him. I said, like, you know, he's like, you know, I want a real two-state solution, stuff like that. I mean, this is the kind of leftist he was. He goes, as soon as Palestinians are safe and their human rights are, are, are secure, I'm immediately going to take the Israeli sides on everything because I have nothing in common with these people, well, their religion, their social views, stuff like that. So, okay, okay, fair enough, interesting. Um, but I said, look, do you want Belgium to be split into two countries between the Flemish and the French? No, you believe in binational nations. Right? I mean, you literally, your whole leftist thing is multiculturalism. So why can't we have these two motherfuckers of slightly different cultures live together in a state? And I said, you're from Norway, right? Don't you have a binational state even before 1990 when you opened your borders? Lapland region of Sweden and Norway, that's where the, the, the white Indians of that part of the world live. They're called right. the Laps, okay. the Lapish people. They, um, you know, what happens? You have people living in a territory. Then other people move in, you know, foreign invaders. They take over the country. Then they create an actual country. They create a nation state. Then they abuse the locals for so many decades, 50 to 100 years. Then people say, hey, we can't treat our own minorities this way. And then everyone gets enfranchised due to the, the thoughts about citizenship being paramount for the for the population. And then everyone gets along. And so, and then you just move past it. And you apologize forever you have to, but you move forward. I said, like, you don't want to create a new country called Lapland, do you? No, you believe that the, the Lapish people are Norwegian. You know, they're just, you know, the people that were there before the Norwegians arrived. Okay, well, we could do the same thing with Palestinians and Israelis. You had a population that was there, and then and then another group of people moved there, and then they created a country, and then now you have a minority-majority situation. But yeah, what I told what I pretty much told was, like, you know, this the breakthrough in the conversation wasn't just that part. It was I was saying, like, I was like, we were, talk, we were talking, we talking, like, oh, I don't hate Jewish people, I hate Zionists. I'm like, first off, that's not true. I'm a Zionist. You don't hate me. He goes, oh, it's true. And I'm like, second off, you're a Zionist, too. He goes, what are you talking about? And he goes, I go, do you believe there should be a country called Norway, a place where Norwegians could always live so that if anything else, they always have a country they could live in? Even though there are other countries that are surround Norway that are semi-culturally similar that they could have a life in, but they, they should have their own country. He goes, yeah, of course. I'm like, even despite the situation with the Lapish people, he goes, yeah. I'm like, boom. That's exactly how I feel about Jewish people. I'm like, that's why, that's why I'm a Zionist. I'm like, people, you know, people deserve a home if they can't, you know, and, that, and that's the way it goes. I mean... You can't support Pakistan and Kurdistan and Norway existing or any country in the world and not also support Israel. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me. But, you know, the thing, I guess, where I would differ in my opinion or where, where I think that that isn't necessarily analogous is that, like, you don't have the deep cultural divide that you have as with the Palestinians and the Jews as you do with, like, the Norwegian. These well, you lap, did. You did. I mean, it was, like, pretty intense. I highly recommend people see this one movie called Same Blood, S-A-M. I, which is like Sammy, yeah, and then uh, and then B O L D, same blood. It's a, it's a play on word. It means Sami blood and same blood. Okay. And um, no, I mean they did the same thing to the these Norwegians, these quote unquote perfect people who also sided, sided with the Nazis during World War Two. Uh, these these fucking people, 
Um, oh, by the way, these perfect people who side with the Nazis <laughs> during World War II and export oil to make their country rich, you know, those progressives. Yeah. Anyway, with their perfect society, um, and with a, a historically only 5 million white homogeneous society. Okay, putting <laughs> all that aside, um, you know, these fucking people, they kidnap children from the Sami people. This is the same thing that they did, like, in uh, in America somewhat with the Indians and also in Australia with the Aborigines. They kidnapped the native savages, put them in homes, tried to destroy their culture, That all that shit, tried to wash them, made their language illegal. All the classic stuff you do when you try to, like, quote-unquote, Christianize the minority. Sure. And uh, so, you know, those divides were there, but they were overcome because people embraced the idea of citizenship. That's how you do it. And also the idea that there was never going to be two states on the table. It has to be one state. Were these people in a position, though, that they could actually, like, they didn't defend have in, themselves? They didn't have international support the way the Palestinians did, that's for sure. Right, okay. But, uh, but, but I mean, they're reindeer herders, and they fucking, you know, they got their own shit. I mean, it's not did like they the have Nor- arms? The did they have, have a terrorist the Norwegian authority? Have, I mean, they don't have... It's not like the Norwegian people had guns either, but, like, um, but it's just, it's just... The whole point is, like... Well, again, the fact that Palestinians have guns or commit terrorist attacks is not a justification for them having their own state. No, I'm not yeah. saying that, but what I'm saying is that it's not it's not the same thing because you can't exactly you can't force. Yeah, you're right. right. You you're can't not going to be able to. You can't force acceptance on them. Right. Sure, but again, to me, I, I, I'm willing to to go down on these types of topics on on principle. I mean, citizenship is paramount, you know. And if the left pretends to care about this, if the left is the most anti thing against Israel, they can't talk about multiculturalism anymore. They can't talk about uh, binational states anymore. They can't talk about the and they, and they have to admit for the forever for the rest of the time that that all their societies are 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 founded on the exact same principles as Israel, but that they get an exception because they're not Jews. If they say that, well, then they might as well just say we're anti-Semites. So we don't like fucking Jews, which by the way is a better argument. <laughs> yeah, right, you can at least respect that. Like, let me put it this way: I think the Gypsies have been fucking totally fucked over throughout history in Europe, and it's. Now, in America, they've done very well for themselves. They assimilated. And we can talk about those differences and stuff like that. But here's the point. Gypsies in Europe are fucking human garbage. And I wouldn't care if I could snap my finger. This is how I'm going to be labeled like an alt-right fascist. If, if I could snap my finger right now on every gypsy in the, in the world, for, for the record, if I had the power to do anything inside my fingers, I would make it so that they were accepted and assimilated. But if that was off the table, I would snap my finger and have them all shot. You've got to use the other hand. I would have them all shot in the field. <laughs> because honestly, they are just literally violent thieves. And they serve no purpose and have no cultural enrichment. They, they serve literally no p- positive benefits to European society. Anyone who's been to Europe can see what these fucking scumbags do. That being said, assuming we're not interested in genocide, yeah, I mean, the gypsies need a fucking country, right? You know, it's like, you know, these, these fucking people... Nobody wants them in their country because all they want to do is steal. But, of course, when you ask gypsies, do you want a country? They say no because they won't want to steal from each other. They want to steal from other people. They right. want to live in every other country right, right, right. and steal from them. Yep. So they're travelers. And Anyway, so, look, I mean, two-state solutions are just fucking bullshit regardless. And um, But, yeah, as far as Trump's thing, it was okay. You know, but I, this, this has been dead since Oslo in the 90s. Like, there will never be a two-state solution in Israel. Neither side is interested in it, and neither side should be interested in it because it's not in either of their interests. People just like to promote that as a way of like cutting Israel in half. Yeah, that's that. That's I what that's I got to say. That's all there is to say about that. Well, I mean, <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> so what do we got here? Okay. Let's, should we talk? Well, technically the State of the Union happened the day before, but also during the impeachment trial of our president. Ah uh, yes, but okay. So let's just talk about the impeachment. One, it didn't work. He didn't get impeached. Yeah. So well, he did get impeached. He didn't sorry, get sorry, he didn't get impeached. He didn't get yeah. removed from office. They didn't successfully. Um, what? Yeah, I'll take a beer too. Mm. We've got uh, we've got our producer here on site. Yeah, camera is not going to capture. Him. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, that did happen. You're correct. Where are we going with that? Yeah, sorry. I mean, like, so one, it was it was just all bad strategy. Impeaching him was bad strategy. 
Um, well, impeaching him for the reasons that they impeached him for. Sure. I mean, you could you could have made a better argument, and you definitely could have like established a case before you sent it up to the. They Senate. should have impeached him the day after James Comey was fired, and he sat on tape. I fired him for investigating me. Right. That's an easy one. Sure. Or uh, you know, I mean, whether or the, that would or the emoluments clause. But, they right. could actually prove on trial that he's actually gone and enriched himself through the office of right. the presidency. Those are good arguments. Sure. Um, like fucking around with people on the phone, withholding military doing aid the to Ukraine. same exact thing everybody's done for fucking yeah, like uh, no, two that, decades. That's literally every episode of House of Cards. Like yeah. I got you by your balls. I got the money. Yeah. All right, he, fine, Mister President. His his big misstep was that he did it on the phone where everybody could hear it. That was the big thing. I mean, normally like during back channels, these are private conversations. Yeah. You know, I mean, Obama saying that he had more flexibility with the Russian Medvedev or whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, he caught got caught on a hot mic, but nobody yeah. was like, "Oh, we're gonna impeach this motherfucker over it." No, it didn't happen. So just wait till after the election. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like, this is the big thing: is that, like, look, this is this is par for the course, and to act like it's anything but that was never going to fly with the public. I mean, Trump didn't do himself any favors. Like, if you watch like the way that the uh, the polls in favor and not in favor of impeachment. And yeah, conviction, at one point it got to a slight majority of people favoring removal uh, was, of office. It was more than slight. I mean, it it was touching sixty percent. It was something. Oh, was it? Oh, I yeah, it was like fifty-two forty-eight. Sure. No, no, no. It was like touching like sixty percent. You had something like eighty-seven percent of Democrats, seventy-eight percent of. Uh, independence and then like 12% of Republicans. But, okay. you know, I mean, it just was, look, it's bad tact. Like you said, strategy is everything. And so like to come up with like this weak case and then to put the onus on the Senate. Well, which, it makes the Democrats look like losers too. They couldn't even make their case effectively. Right. And it's not, it's not exactly like, you know, you're basically, you're trying to like modify the constitution and the way it actually is, a way Congress is actually supposed to function in these types of trials to say, oh, well now, you know, it's your guys' problem. You know, you guys need to call uh, witnesses, or you need to allow witnesses. Like, no, we don't. Like, we, no, not at all. We're the majority never, party. Yeah. Never. Yeah. So, and I mean, there was just a, there was other. The other problem with impeachment is that impeachment's supposed to be a trial by the Senate, but trial by jury, for example, the the defense and the um, prosecution, they both interview uh, potential jurors because they want to make sure that someone hasn't already made up their mind about the case or isn't like highly biased. But that isn't the case with a set, trial by Senate. Everyone in that room is heavily fucking invested, either in the status quo or breaking the status quo. They're either super, you know. Now you can make the argument, oh, well, Romney had the balls to vote uh, impeach on. I'm oh, sorry, on one one of the two counts. The first ever, yeah. the first ever person to cross party lines and vote to convict a member of his own party. Well, what happened with Nixon? Oh, Nixon never had, went there. Yeah, Nixon. Yeah, Nixon he resigned. resigned. Yeah, and I don't know. Bill Clinton. About, Bill Clinton was down roll call, right? Roll yeah, call well, votes. yeah, but still, again, everything went down party lines. Party lines. Not yeah. a single Democrat was in favor. Well, yeah, there you go. So, and I mean, like, there is. I mean, this has led to all kinds of other fucking stupid arguments too. But let's we'll focus in on this for now, and then we'll go let's there. In a th- bit, let's but. focus on how bad of a strategy it is to initiate a really complicated political process one year before before uh, before the election, like like literally during the primaries, yeah. during the Iowa caucuses, thereby overshadowing. It's like, it's like Andrew Yang says, like every second we talk about Trump or impeaching him or how much we hate him or how much we think he's a douche, whatever it is, that's the second we're not painting a positive future for the American people. Say, look, guys, we can give you something better than Trump. Here's our vers- here's right, our vision for right. the future. So it was battle. Now, of course, in Trump voters, I mean, like real dire Trump voters, you know what they heard? Exonerated. This, yep. this is the Mueller report all over again. <laughs> yeah, you fucking right. blew up. You blew up impeachment. You blew up the Mueller report, and there was fucking nothing there. Yeah. Like, god damn it. Like, yeah. it's it's really kind of upsetting because I mean, the the thing that I think really really worked against them, besides everything you've just mentioned, is also that it took all of the candidates that are running for the Democratic nomination that are in the Senate off the trail. And so, if you thought that Mitch McConnell being 
the majority leader in the Senate was going to allow you guys to keep the charade running and then not also take his pound of flesh, you're fucking dead wrong. And so yeah. what did he do? He fucking kept everybody in there. He They could have easily have said, okay, well, we're going to vote on impeachment the Friday before No, they want, they want to take him a week Absolutely off. Absolutely not. Wants to you were going to be there, bitch. You were going to be there well, to cast your vote. Well, stop Bernie from doing well, but yeah. Well, right, of course. Yeah. But the point being that, like, all you, all you moderates that are all competing for like the middle, you know, segment oh, of the population. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, people like Elizabeth Warren paid a heavy toll, but they were yeah, they were paying a heavy toll before their 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 uh, campaign was already on the shitter. Well, okay, fair enough, but I mean, it definitely it was not it was not a smart maneuver on their part for that in that particular True. way. Um, what was I gonna say? And it also gave them the opportunity to sit there and which I was actually I was very impressed <laughs> with the fact that Trump did not broach the topic of impeachment at all during this uh, State of the Union. I mean, that was like yeah. a statesman's move. Because I thought he was going to say originally, how was your guys' week? <laughs> <laughs> or like, I'm like he's like, uh, depending, or he could have made a joke like, you know, like, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, right. Or something. Just some sort of catty remark. Yeah, he just even acknowledged it, which ultimately is, a, I mean, you, there's a way to use humor, but, but, but since... Trump isn't considered funny by a certain segment of the population. I think not acknowledging it pissed them off even more. Yeah, of course. Because he wasn't breathing any air into their R- fire. It was awesome. It was really cool. Well, let's let's segue perfectly then into the State of the Union address. Um, this was now I'll, I'll say a couple things. One, I think Trump is a really terrible public speaker. That being said, this was his best speech he's ever done in the sense that he actually managed to speak in full sentences and didn't get it, like like super like I don't know what's the word like. Just Smug. like just like confused and like start like like babbling and bullshitting yeah. around, and um, so you stay focused. Now, of course, there's a lot of like basic stuff in that thing, and also funny enough on the um, the thing the fact checker. This is the one he lied in the least. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, they go, I find him on one thing. Well, those that's a whole different story. Yeah. But but um, anyway, the point is like 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 there's some things I like like signing up for the uh, the uh, the the one trillion tree initiative. You know, we can fight climate change. Sure. So for someone who doesn't believe in climate change, he wants to sign up for like literally. The, one of the biggest things uh, to fight climate change. I mean, got to give everybody their due. So there's a little bit of that. Um, of course, there's like the you know the basic showmanship. Like, oh right. here's this, here's a, here's the lightest black guy in the world who's still alive was a Tuskegee Airman. Yep. You know, yep. like here's a soldier. You always got some right. something with the military. Yep. Uh, you know, th- you know. I'll, here's what we're doing with school vouchers. Give me that and the other. Yeah, yeah. So that that was you know that's to me is like showmanship. You can say it's a nice touch, but like it doesn't matter to me. It's like when they brought out the Tuskegee Airman during the Super Bowl. I'm like, stop militarizing everything. Yeah. But anyway, um. Fucking obviously, I didn't agree with giving the Medal of Freedom to Rush Limbaugh, who I think is a piece of shit. I don't say I'm happy that he got cancer. I mean, that's obviously no, sucks. yeah, of course. Not. One out of three being. of us are going to get cancer, so I would never wish that on somebody. Right. But, um, you know, I I have all kinds of feelings about that. I'm not sure where to go with it because I mean, I he's really not a hero. You, yeah, but you can't acknowledge or you can't. I'm sorry, you can't disavow the fact that he is like probably one of the most prolific voices on the right. In our current he's, state, yeah, he's about to be one of the most like posthumous. Like, so fucking, yeah, mm. for sure. But mm. I mean, it just seems to me like this is—it's more of the same. What did Ellen do for anybody besides being like a funny like lesbian? Oh yeah, I mean, I don't think it was good. It was I, I don't. I don't necessarily think it needed to be done during the state. I think of the, the union, metal, but I think the metal. I mean, this is a tool. Well, look, you have the Medal of Honor. You have the in the, fr- the Medal of Freedom, whatever the fuck it's called. I mean, the like, highest civilian yeah, honor. Yeah. So like, okay, we, we shouldn't give. These civilian honors for anything less than like incredible like duties to the nation. No, and, sure. And Rush Limbaugh is not a fucking. He's not a hero to the nation. He's not done enough for the nation anymore than Helen has, and that's why. And when you give these things out, you, what you're really saying is like, I like these people. That's exactly right. Yeah, it's okay. It cheapen, he, it they're on my it. side. Right. It cheapens it. 
Well, wait, wait, what so are you going to get? What'd you think? What'd you, what did you think about it? Um, the, 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 the speech. So as far as like, there was definitely a fair amount of showmanship. I'm not really in favor of that. I mean, it was definitely like the token kind of thing. Like, here's my like my black, you know, war hero. Here's my young black child who's now going to get a better education than she may have gotten. Um, here's my abortion aversion. Right. Thing, yeah. yeah. I mean, the whole fucking thing. And then, um, you know, he did obviously like he had subtle jabs at you know all the all of his opposition. Um, but I think the thing that was done best in the entire uh, speech was it had a certain subtlety. He definitely is like, I mean, you could read like the smugness on his face. Like every time he would deliver one of those lines, he would for sure kind of take his moment of glee and kind of like that fucking annoying ass smile, that little smirk he does, you know, whatever. But I mean, it again, like what he is, is he's, he's a good puncher, right? And so he made most of the opposition look like shit. Every time that there was something that was worthy of, you know, applause or an ovation, all the Democrats sat. You know, they all look like fools. They're all sitting there in their white fucking outfits. I, yeah, I posted you know, about this, like, you know, like, it's a shame that, like, like, uh, like leadership in the 21st century and, like, the hyper-bipartisan environment of the American political system is fucking wearing a, wearing a uniform, which to me is a form of radicalization. And and the second one was, like, you know, like, you know, Nancy Nancy Pelosi, you know, fucking ripping up, ripping up the state of the oh, union. Oh, yeah. Which is hilarious, too, because, of course, like, every fucking media firefighter, like, the first thing they did was say, oh, that was such a, a smart... So uh, brave. Yeah, so brave. It was the, um, you know, she did that, like, off the off the cuff, you know, whatever. And then, of course, like, everybody went back and, like, scrubbed through the video and found that she was, like, planning to do it all along. Like, she, like, as, as soon as he handed her the speech, she, like, took it below the desk and, like, tried to tear little bits and they, like, zoomed in on it. So, she like, she was planning to do it the entire fucking time. Now, of course... I watched the the beginning quite a few times. Get the angle. So Trump hands the papers over to Pence and to Nancy, yeah. but then he turned away before Nancy extended her hand. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And then, I don't. I really don't think it was a smug, uh, a snub. I think that he would have snubbed her had he noticed her. But it did seem innocuous. It seemed like something that was being blown out of proportion. Well, he literally turned, and then the hand yeah. was there, and then she goes, "Okay." Yeah. Well, and the <laughs> other part of that, that Gosh, too she looks is like, that, like I mean, clown. you want to mm-hmm. you want to talk about like decorum and everything like that. I mean, she. I don't have a a lot like of good things to say. Yeah, I don't have a lot of good things to say about Nancy Pelosi, but I also don't have a lot of bad things. I mean, I, so well, the bad things I have to say is like, you know, here's another like multimillionaire who, by the way, was a multimillionaire before she got into office. Her father's super rich, you know, because well, he was a political yeah, player in pl- Baltimore. Yeah, their, their family goes yeah. so far back, and like, you know, and she pretends like, you know, she's a hero of the people. All she's ever done has been like the longest serving like member. And look at San and- Francisco. Look at fucking California. Look at her fucking what, district. What has she, she done? Nothing. I mean, not a goddamn thing. And so. Yeah. You know, like she has she, nothing to be proud about. Well, right, and there's like there's a traditional, I guess, like introduction that you give to the president. It's like it's my esteemed honor and privilege to present to you. Yeah, like, she used those words. Yeah, either. of she course like, not. She was like, and the president, and the president. So mm-hmm. it's like you know, look, you're not exactly like fucking. You're dirty boxing too. Everybody knows what the game is. So just don't fucking act like your hands are clean. But nobody fucking said anything about that. It didn't seem like. I mean, it. Everybody was like, "Oh, she's so fucking brave. She's so magnificent." Of course, I didn't enjoy. She's the exactly Repo- the steward we need. You know, no, the, I think one. It's not the equivalent, but it's pretty close. Well, actually, well, let me just say, yeah, it's, it's, it's not the same thing, but it's close. Republicans just like, you know, it's like a pep rally. Four more years. Yeah. Four, like, just shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing too is that, like, I mean, we I think we talked about this the last uh, last year, but 
there's no requirement that the president actually gives a State of the Union speech. No, it's just a he tradition. He just send a fucking letter to Congress. No, it's a tradition. And yeah. just call it what it is. And I think that's the best thing that you could do. I mean, why do we need to have the pomp and circumstance? Just be like, everything's going great. Here we are. Release the letter to the, the public and just call a it transparent, a transparent, having a tra- more transparent form of government. I don't, I don't buy that for a second. I think I just do like buy you that. said, no, that's it's fine. just a pep rally. It's, it's a way to be like flaunt all your achievements and sweep everything bad under the rug. It's also the like you know, people, you know, people have to be. Do you think? The average American reads at an eighth grade reading level. They're not going to read a state of union address. Like you know, they need to watch the television show. Yeah, but their television show, their 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 obviously partisan media could cover it for them, and they could spin it however they want. Sure, you, I, like, I just I, think that, I'm not against the state of the union. I just want better ones. Yeah, well, <laughs> you're you're not going to get it. So it's like, well, do you want to try to split the baby, or do you just want to fucking throw the baby out the window? I don't promise state of union addresses. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, so well, I, also by the way, I was gonna say like you gotta respect the office. Like, like you hate Trump, but he's the president, and then and and she's the speaker of the fucking house. She didn't, people just think like, oh well, fuck him, fuck his office. But it's not just about respecting his position; it's about respecting her own position. You know, she you know right. She she looks she, she looked bad. Yeah. So, but I can tell you there was at least one bright spot. I mean, you know who I mean really impressed me was and did last year as well and. The way she legislates has also been pretty impressive. Is that Kristen Sinema from Arizona? She was the uh, Democratic um, challenger to Martha McSally, maybe in Arizona, like which is like a typically an Arizonian or a, is a Republican seat. Um, yeah, and, but now uh, it's considered like a purple state. Yeah, and she she defeated her and um, pe- Martha McCallum, not Martha McSally. I think fuck it, whatever, but. I mean, every time that, you know, there was something good in the speech, she stood up, you know, amidst her peers that were all seated and clapped. I mean, she, like, definitely made a show. You know, she was uh, she was acknowledged for her um, legislation that got passed that was a bipartisan thing with Tim Scott from South Carolina. Yeah. I mean, it, I think there needs to be more people like that. And I think more people, like the majority of the population, would support more legislators that do stuff like that like I, I don't think it has to be so partisan but i just think again, you know i'm interested in not four more years of trump even i haven't decided yet what i would do with a gun in my head between bernie and trump because i just know i can tell you bernie's, bad, bernie's bad for my money and bernie bernie has shifted really far to the left in order to i mean he's always been a marxist but like he traditionally actually used to be like more culturally centered when it came to things like uh civic issue like the same guy who marched with dr luther king also you know, told the people in the BLM that they need to, you know, like chill the fuck out. And like you know, the, the, the same guy, the same guy who said like, you know, like, you know, uh, when they when they try to accuse him on the one of the Democratic debates of saying like, you know, why should we elect an old white man? He goes, he goes, uh, he more or less said like, I'm a Marxist. And the only thing you should care about is money. Yeah. Because if you're poor, it doesn't matter what color you are. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, the, but, but but the truth, but the problem is he panders way too much. To, I mean, he was thinking about like, like he was he pulled back quite a bit on the on the on the Joe Rogan endorsement. He literally disavowed Shank Wigger. Yeah. You know, like. uh you know all the all these all these different. Uh, well, he things. lost me. I mean, back when he was running in uh, 2016, when he cowed to the mob and he like let the fucking the the BLM protesters at one of his well, he rallies. Well, tried to stop like, at first, but then he like he's yeah, like, oh, right. he fucking he just, just go. Yeah, just like kind of stepped aside. Yeah, come on. I mean, like, dude, that would have been a really great opportunity to stand up and deliver just the line that you said that you know was his. Uh, yeah, I, I don't yeah, think so. social democracy or democratic socialism. And by the way, they gotta stop saying the word democratic socialism soon. They're gonna start saying socialism, just like they do in the UK. And um, yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's highly problematic his candidacy, but I can't blame him for being the man of the moment, considering like where the parties have gone and where the Rep- and how the republic has failed the people in I, some respects. So, but uh, 
But but again, if principles it was, if, overall, if it was, but again, if it was Bernie versus Trump, I have to recognize the fact that I'm not going to vote for Trump, and I'm not going to vote Libertarian in this election either because I I don't give a shit about the candidate. So like um and like even people you know it's funny like when you watch like the caucuses which we'll get to in a second like Bill Weld got only got like uh, yeah 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 it was fucking hilarious <laughs> yeah I mean it was it was a, it was a fucking and Walsh did oh my god horrible. that was that was kind of, <laughs> hilarious though when he he like I mean, stood up in front of uh like the 300 people were in that room and he was like, well, you know, we just got to make sure that we don't, you know, have Trump. And they like I think booed him out of the fucking... I think I'd abstain. I wouldn't, I wouldn't... Uh, well, no, I'd still vote because I want to vote for the other things that are on the ballot, but I wouldn't, but I wouldn't vote for... For uh, president. But I wouldn't vote for president because, yeah. because I just don't believe in either. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. So yeah, that's what, okay. Well, because I was asking you, what, what would you do? No, that's exactly right. Yeah, because I that's what I'm saying. Because I'm like, not gonna be part of the problem. Yeah, no, and people that will tell you like, oh, you know, like the what is the what is that called? Like the operational negativity. Like, oh, yeah. well, if you don't vote for one, you're voting for the other, et cetera, et cetera. Well, it's a little slightly different thing, but yeah, go ahead. Then I, o- operational what, negativity is when you like, for example, what's the term though? Then what, what am I going for? I know what. Op- oh, what, sorry. Your term is like you know, well, you're not part of the solution. You're part of the problem, kind of shit. Or like, yeah, you know, if, you, if you don't vote, you don't have a, you don't have a say in your democracy. But we are voting. We're just not going to vote for the president, right? Like, uh, I, I yeah. voted the shit out of my state, uh, out of my state delegates and stuff. Yeah, it's like I'm not wasting my one vote. I'm Senate choosing is, to vote. One third my of principles. the Senate is up. You know, like, I'm going to vote for my senators. I'm going to do all that stuff. I'm sure. Just not, I'm just not going to. I'm not going to vote for Trump because I don't believe in his message. I'm not going to vote for Bernie because I think he's also dangerous in a really different way. And yep. um, that's more or less where I'm at. I tend mm-hmm. to agree. Mm-hmm. But yeah, operational negativity for the people out there in the audience is that's like all too often. I mean, the left is really guilty of this, which is um, they want to create a more egalitarian, inclusive society, but they literally shouldn't anyone who could be a sympathetic ally in their path to making a better world. And in making a world to inclusivity, they literally exclude everyone who doesn't 100% agree with them 100% of the time. And it's just like, you know, operational activity, let's pretend I want to tell people to uh, recycle, and I do it by literally walking up to people, hitting them with a baseball bat, and say, recycle your piece of shit. That person's <laughs> never going to recycle. He's going to hate recycling now. Aside from being dead. Yeah, I mean, that's operational negativity. Getting, getting, getting in your own way of your own goals. When you let tactics get in the way of strategy, you are engaging in operational negativity. Sounds fair. Yeah. So, yeah, if you want to win the battle, well, then, you know, don't shoot yourself in the foot. <laughs> but uh, I guess that brings us to the uh, Iowa caucuses, which was – so, first off, the memes. I love it. The memes were, like, the same people that want the government to run everything yeah. can't even run one Democratic caucus in a fucking small state. Yeah. And it's it's honestly – <laughs> first of all, before we get into the conspiracy stuff, uh, it really is sad, though, because, you know, it – the best point that you can make about something like this is that, of course, it didn't go the way everybody wanted. Um, you know, there was a lot of... Um, For the record, I think caucuses are dumb. Yeah, no, of course. It's fucking, it's a relic from a bygone era. But the yeah. fact of the matter is, is that, like, it is part of the system, right? And what I'm tired of seeing, though, is that every time that something on the left doesn't necessarily go their way, they want to burn the whole fucking thing down. And so, like, the big thing was that, like, they weren't like, oh, well, you know, this was just, like, one hiccup. Like, obviously, there was, like, a new kind of variable, you know, in introducing this app. And, of course, that was part of the problem, et cetera, et cetera. Your app's not working? There's an app for that. <laughs> yeah, but they were like, they're like, you know what? This is why caucuses are stupid. We should get rid of them. You know, why are we, why are we holding, why are we letting, you know, like, the first vote, uh, the, like, the first primary being, or state to hold a primary um, be one of the ones that's, like, 91%. Um, white by population. Well, right? I mean, the, I, I, it's not representative of who well, we are I mean, as well, a nation. They, they obviously don't understand how the Constitution works. I mean, like the states handled the voting, election, elect, 
elections is a state issue, and this state has voted in the past to make sure they have the first primary, and that if someone else moves their primary for them, their state automatically moves theirs a week before. I mean, that's literally how it's set up. So, so unless you're gonna try to like take them to the Supreme Court on some sort of grounds um, of like destroying democracy, yeah, it's gonna be that way forever. I mean, I look, I personally believe that all all primaries should be held the same day, and they should all be open primaries. I really do believe in a more democratic republic with respect to our elections. I want I want state funded. I want, I want federally funded elections. Uh, I think it's bullshit that we do caucuses. What? So if you have 14%, if everyone has to give away their votes and then give it, that literally favors centrist. Yeah. Jimmy Jimmy Carter was a piece of shit. I mean, fucking had only one percent vote like in like in like these caucuses, but he ended up winning the presidency. Like these caucuses are just problematic. I don't, I don't like momentum. I don't like any of that shit. It's all the primaries should be held the same day, and uh, and they shouldn't be even caucuses. It just be primaries. Like people. Caucusing also reduces the amount of people. How many people are willing to sit in a gymnasium for twelve hours to vote? Right, like heavily favors people that have like you know the means and the time to be able to means fucking, and time. So establishing yeah. people and radicals, yeah, like not not normal people. So yeah, I think it's highly problematic. But yeah, I think it's hilarious that the government sucks at everything, including the one thing, that, one of the few things they're supposed to do, like you know, hold the elections. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's embarrassing. Yeah, and some of the obviously like the the side notes on that were obviously that like I mean I'm sure you saw that. Um, the company that was responsible for the, for, for the app was a subsidiary of this other, I, I guess, holding company, if you will, that's basically been funded by all these liberal activist billionaires, right? So George Soros owns, I think, a, a large percentage of this company acronym, which owns this company Shadow that created the app that malfunctioned. And But yeah, but I'm trying to see like, if, if there's a there there. I mean, like, what would... What would be the point of fucking up this this primary this this caucus? That the candidate that they wanted to support wasn't necessarily going to have the best showing. So they tried to kill the whole political show by making people forget about it. Correct. Exactly. It's like because this but, is the big thing. Is but that the numbers like you are said, Pete Buttigieg and then and then Bernie and then, well, that's the reason though. Is that yeah. this is the thing? Is and this is what people are saying? Is that Pete Buttigieg is close to all these Silicon Valley titans? I mean, he's held fundraisers with Eric Schmidt from Google. Um, the COO, Sheryl Sandberg's sister, the one who runs 23andMe, like all, all these Silicon Valley billionaires um, are basically in the bag already for Pete. They think that he's the future because he's the young, well, they, attractive He's a young candidate. corporate Democrat. Right. And so by, by, by having this app be run by these people that clearly favor one candidate versus all the others, they were able to kill the momentum that would probably carry Bernie... A lot further than he, you know, would otherwise go. Yeah, I mean, that's. I mean, look, it's plausible. I mean, I just, I just don't want to dabble too heavily in that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm more you interested. Can't, I'm, more interested ing- in the, I'm more interested in the analysis. But like, you can't ignore the facts on the ground, though. I mean, like, yeah, it looks part, bad. part of it is that, like, he. So no, this, I think it's a total fuck up. I mean, it's invalidated their entire all, primary. Every system. single, every single fucking candidate, right, was paying this company shadow and and this company acronym to be able to have access to their like tabulations and outreach you know the yeah. sms networks and databases etc um but pete's campaign actually paid them the most out of anybody and by like a factor of like 10 there's no but he didn't buy votes i mean the whole system was rigged to begin with but real quick did you see the video of the 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 caucus person who ended up giving their vote to pete Buttigieg in one of the rounds and then she go and then she found out he was gay she goes oh i want to take my vote back hilarious like, you can't do that. Yeah, yeah. Was, well, why wasn't this out there? Yeah, why didn't they put this out there? Like, it's literally one of the centerpieces of his campaign that he's gay. Yeah, and they're like, 
I never heard this. Of course, because you're not informed, right. bro. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was a shit show. I mean, there was, I guess there was some kid who was visiting from Florida with his dad because he wanted to see how the whole thing works. He was interested in the process. He goes there. They select him as an impartial uh, member of like, you know, the audience to uh, to do the coin flip, which is how they decide where the extra delegates go if there's a tie. Wow. And uh, he like totally fumbles the toss. He catches it in his fingers. He puts it in his palm and they're like, okay, now flip it over. And they're like asking him what it is and they're like grilling him. And he's like, uh, heads. And then she's like, heads? And he's like, uh, yeah, heads. And they're like, okay, that's a, a delegate for Pete, whatever. And so it was like, it just fans the fucking flames. Oh, yeah, that looks stupid. I mean, first of all, a coin should be thrown in the fucking air, not in your fucking hand. Well, yeah. Just let it land on a table or something, and that's the end of it, I guess, if you're going to do it that way. Yeah, I mean, it's a clusterfuck. I mean, again, like, I'm, I'm, I'm... But again, even... Now, I know, for example, if it was a Pete versus Trump, I'd vote for Pete. I'm comfortable making that decision. Uh, obviously, I love Yang. That's why I support. I gave, like, $200 to his campaign over the last oh, two months. Oh, shit. You know, just like, I was doing $5 a week, then I did $10 a week, and now I'm done. I'm done giving money. Like, you're on your <laughs> own. Like... We got you going. We got you some momentum, I guess, if you can yeah, say that. Yeah, so... No, because I'm proud of what he's accomplished, which is maybe securing a position in any future administration. Of course, UBI being officially on the table for future debates. Yeah, move the Overton window yeah, for sure. So I've accomplished whatever goals I had. And I'm very impressed with his campaign, how he ran it. But, but uh, yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah. I mean, look, here's the thing, though, is that like if you're really in favor of making sure that Trump isn't elected for four more years— I don't necessarily think the right person to throw your support behind is Pete because no, he's weaker he's, against the well, Trump. It's uh, not even Trump that, matchup. He well, he's in every single poll he loses against him. Heads up, but we every have, single one. But, but and that's he also right now. has things can happen. Zero percent of the black support. But things can change. The, but here's okay. But there's something I gotta give you about black support. So when I go to Bell Glade, I ask him like, "Who are you gonna vote for?" They're like, I'm like, "Do you know people running for president?" They're like, no. I'm like, there's 20, and I said, "Name how many can you name?" They can name three. And okay. that's the people that the media allows you to name. Sure. And that is, you know, that was Joe Biden at the time, Bernie Sanders, and um, and Elizabeth Warren. They couldn't name anyone else because they didn't even know they were running. But but when you actually, like, give people, like, policy choices and see what they like, they, of course they love Andrew Yang. Who doesn't like getting cut a fucking check? Yeah. And, like, um, and then, and then so, you know, you know things like that. Once it's literally Trump versus Pete and, and he's on TV as the nominee for nine months, he will have name recognition. They will know who he is. And then okay. they'll make a choice between... uh uh. uh Pete and Trump. Now, of course, Trump does have quite a bit of black support, which is impressive. But again, it's about name recognition a lot, and then like his macho is his machoism uh, resonates uh, really nice with the uh, with people in the black community. But um, but, and yeah, I'm just like I know that you know it's, it's what people fail to recognize like so many Muslims and Hispanics also support Trump because they actually like like some of his policies, and the left can't stand that because they hope that you're just gonna be like, well, I, he said that one word one time. Well, they don't give a shit. They say it every day. And, like so, uh, they take that as a form of honesty. Yeah, well, and they, I mean, realistically, you can't argue with the economic success either. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, there's, there's two things. Like, on one hand, like, you do have things like low unemployment and like and like record growth, but uh, but the other hand, like, you know, it's like you said before, like, ten percent people on Twitter, well, only nine percent of people have stocks. So this is not a really powerful. No, but you know, I mean, yeah, if you paint it that way, of course, then it's not going to make a difference. But we're not just talking the black about unemployment that. being low, record low. But this is this misses the point about black participation labor rates. The United States right now has one of its lower labor participation rates in like sixty years, where like sixty four percent. That's like Ecuador. Okay. Know? And yeah. Like, yeah. And but it it doesn't change the proportionality of it though. No, sure. People are doing okay. Right. But like, but at the end of the day, I still care about things like can you handle a five hundred dollar bill? You know, like, are we still in um, 
Are we still living in a police state? Healthcare is a big thing for a lot of people. Security is a big thing. I mean, there's right. all these different things. And I know? think that Bernie Sanders can carry that message with a lot of minorities and other yeah. people. But I don't think that Pete has the he doesn't have the appeal that someone well, like that does. Have the latitude and the gravitas in the same way. But um, but again. I'm very dismissive of people who are dismissive of his numbers with minorities because, of course, nobody knows who he is. What, if he is a nominee, that will change. He will have name recognition. That's what they said about Hillary Clinton, right? Not not the name recognition part of it. But, but people that dislike she would Hillary able, Clinton. People don't dislike Pete in the same I way. I think they will because what will happen is the machine will start churning. Of course, like not necessarily on the left because that's going to be their candidate if he is. But on the right, they're going to hammer him with his record in fucking— But the youth vote will come out heavily for Pete. Well, I don't. I don't really think so. I think a lot of you. Because I mean, first off, the the regressive left loves the fact that he's gay at the end of the day. Once that's not really on the table, and then also he's young. He's in his thirties. He's in, he's poor. He's in debt. Uh, you know, uh, some people on the right will like the fact that he's a former soldier as opposed to a draft dodger like Trump. I think at the end, again, I'm not in the Pete fleet. I'm just you know, my brother Mark's the Pete actually, fleet. I didn't yeah. even know that was a fucking thing. That's a thing. That's but, hilarious. Um, but he does have certain things on his resume and that he can cater to quite a few different groups of people. Now the question is, can it work? I don't know. I think the DNC and the Democratic machine is really bad at building a coalition. But, and he's not good looking enough either. He looks like a boy. He's very young looking. Yeah. It'd be better if he was more handsome. Rat faced. Right now he's like the kind of, like for example, his highest support is among like uh, middle class moms in suburbia because they seem like, oh, that's a nice boy. But that's, you know, what you really want is more like maybe if you met Bill Clinton 15 years before he became elected like sure. like like good looking young charming but more charismatic but we'll see what he can do i mean yeah right now when he puts on a suit he looks like he's at a bar it's it's opening <laughs> for a gay guy he dresses very poorly and like, <laughs> that's probably a strategy though yeah. some some fucking consultants getting paid thousands and thousands of dollars to put him in those suits cuz he looks <sighs> more every man he doesn't look polished looks like a rabbit in but a this bar is, well suit. that's the thing though is that because i mean people see all the degrees and they see all the bona fides like oh yeah he checks all these boxes but he doesn't necessarily well, have yeah. a message that appeals to you know the blue collar. Well, he needs people. to pick a message. His problem is messaging in some respects. I mean, like like he used to be more popular um, at the beginning of the uh, beginning of his primary, and then he kind of like fucked around a little bit. He went too left on certain social issues, and then he went too right on on, uh, on other economic issues. So he was pissing off people on both sides. Yeah. You really need to pick quote unquote a lane and and kind of and kind of own that. Yeah. I mean, I definitely I, look. I I don't think he's a bad person, but I think that like in this climate, I don't think he plays well just because he's got like this very. No, but you want a populist dude, and he's got this like very polished response to everything, where he knows how to waffle well, and he can sidestep uh, like really hard fucking. Well, questions. I agree. I agree. Putting up someone like that against a populist is dangerous because people want a populist. I think Bernie versus Trump, Bernie will win. I tend to agree. Pete with that. versus Trump, Pete will lose probably. Yeah. But that being said, would I rather have Pete in office or Bernie? I choose Pete. Okay, fair enough. I'm with Pete you. Pete cares that. more about climate change, and I think in a meaningful way than even uh, than even Bernie so does. If, so, all right. So, if Bernie's on the ballot, you're abstaining. Yes. Okay, but if Pete's on the ballot, you're voting for Pete. Sure. Okay. Interesting. To, I, me, to me, it's easy. I mean, like just like in terms of, like how the politics match up to my own, as well as uh, you know, we have a centrist candidate versus like a leftist. Yeah. And we also have a. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, there's a bit of identity politics there. You know, there's a young person in their thirties. I'm a young person in my thirties. This guy, you know, you know, has has checked off a lot of boxes for me. Like I prefer smart people over especially after the trump era i mean i prefer educated people over less educated people um i know this guy isn't you know wealthy and um and i just you know that actually that bothers me more than it it helps my decision like for sure because he hasn't made it yeah well i just well i don't like no no no. it's not that i just think that like he's he would be more apt to abuse the system for his own personal game i've heard this criticism before which is that um 
I don't like this people guy that wants, need this something. This guy always wanted to become president. That's why he padded his resume with the best schools, the best degrees. Went to service. Yeah, went yeah. to service. Like his goal was always to be president. And yeah. he and instead of doing his time and becoming a senator or governor first, he jumped in after just being a mayor. That being said, I mean, I think I think he would I think he would be a better president than Trump, but like but that remains to be seen. And, but you're uh, talking about that in terms of what? Like I think I think honestly like behavior, the most like conduct of the, the office. Most, the most no, fuck that. I don't care if he, I don't care what people say into microphones. What I care about as far as like being policy driven, the most important thing about being a president or a leader is leadership skills. So be hopefully being able to bring people together, but more importantly, being able to think critically with with limited time frame to make a to make a difficult decision. I mean, like versus like eating your cheesecake at Mar a Lago and be like, uh, drone him. <laughs> like you know, in between bites. Like there's no way Trump thought through any of that. He just said fuck it and kill him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I find that like I mean, it can be very dangerous, you know, for, you know, I always say about the red button. Sure, you know. sure. I'm with you on that. I just, his policies, though, are so. I think so- it'd be funny to put him in the Middle East as well. Sorry, I was going to say, like, you know, every every U.S. president goes all over the Middle East, and having a fag as president will ultimately really accelerate acceptance of homosexuality in the Middle East, which is far more problematic than has ever been in the United States or the West. Like, so, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised like, if, if he was president and he went to Saudi Arabia. That they would have to change the laws because literally they should execute them on site according to the law. Yeah, I just, <laughs> the, I guess my, I'm I'm in a position though where like his policies on the Second Amendment and then abortion and things like that are so like yeah, far I, removed from what I consider to be acceptable. Yeah, I mean, that, Second like, Amendment I, issues are stupid. That's the thing is that like I'm I'm in a position where if if Bernie gets the nomination, I'm abstaining. That's it's it's a non like. There's no issue there. I have no problem with that. I'd have to make a serious decision when it came to whether or not I would vote for Pete or Trump. Um, and I don't think that I'd want to abstain because that becomes one of those things where do I think that the policies that Trump has uh, put in place have really been that bad? No. The answer is no. Do I think that he's a buffoon and do I think he's dangerous? Absolutely. And toxic. Yeah, but I think that I think that Pete's what he would do decidedly yeah, Trump's presidency has been a very centrist presidency yeah are are uh, way too problematic for someone like me and so at that point honestly I, but I still think about the existential threat like we're both uh, you know we're both fathers of sorts and um, I care about global like to me it's always been about strategy at the end of the day there's one president there's one can who believes in global warming and there's one who doesn't and um, yeah guns are cool but uh you know, what do I give a fuck? I mean, like, no, I'm, no, I'm going to run away when the, when, yeah. when the, when the guns start firing. <laughs> no, anyway. I understand. That's not really, like, somewhere no, where no, you I'm hang just, your I hat. Try but... a, I try to take a step back. I agree with you. In terms of, like, the known, known knowns, unknown, known unknowns, unknown unknowns, of course, he's the bigger question mark. Right. Uh, but that being said, we can't, I, I can't do four more years of this stupidity. I don't think the Republic should. But, but here's, it's only <laughs> four more years. That's the thing, is that I'd rather, no, yeah. look, I mean, on a, on a timeline long enough, right, four more years isn't really that much to me. I mean, Look, again, it's not the end of the world. If Trump gets four more years, he's going to do four more years of whatever the fuck it is he does, and then and eventually he'll uh, you know, he'll disappear, and maybe both parties will, will wake up. I can't imagine like the Jeb Bushes of the world ever getting elected again in a post-Trump Republican Party. But um, but maybe not. Maybe people just sweep it under the rug and pretend it never happened. Right. Uh, I mean, it seems like they obviously were able to convince themselves that that was like, you know, do you believe what a people rallying said that, force. Do you believe what people said that that a bunch of Republicans wanted to remove Trump for office, but they didn't out of fear for their own political careers. 
afraid of like being tossed out. Well, I mean, you look at the way that the Never Trump coalition has completely disintegrated. I think that's fair. I think that like they're just saying like, look, this is what we have to do. It's political expedience. Mm-hmm. They're like, all right, well, we, this is who we got. This is what we're going to deal with. And in four more years, we'll go back to fucking business as usual. I like to think if I was a Republican, I would say, who gives a fuck about my career? And I would have got two more guys. I'm like, let's get rid of this guy. Oh, fuck Mitt it. Romney. There you go. <laughs> well, Mitt Romney's career is over. Well, I don't know about that, though. I mean, he's fucking he's a senator for Utah. Utah's mm-hmm. like that's. It's the conservative he's never fucking mecca. Running for president again. No, no, no. I just mean as far as like his political career is not over. Yeah. He'll continue to be yeah, a senator yeah, for as long. He'll serve as long as people like him. Right. Sure. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's it would be a long, hard internal dialogue or monologue that I'd have to have um, with myself if it came down to those two guys because I don't like to do the we as we talked about. I don't like to do the lesser of two evils things, but um, <laughs> I'm certainly in favor of voting my interests, and my interests are certainly more in line but with we have what to separate our personal done. interests from our world interests that's what i was saying like of course trump's better for me in the short run than any democrat he's a republican i don't Duh. think you have to fully separate yourself because i mean the individual no, is I'm not just saying, as important. No, i'm not saying fully i'm just saying it's part of the dialogue for me right like, like yeah and i agree like, like like versus like i'm like you know what does <coughs> like my personal belief is like trump never should have became president and it was a failure of both parties and the republic that he ended up in that position to be with because everyone fucked up and got to that position. Yeah. It's like a plane crash. Like everything had to go just right or a or helicopter wrong crash in order for this to happen. Sure. <laughs> Kobe. But um so you know, I'm gonna take that shot. Like here's the thing. People say he's gonna lose anyway, right? The Trump Pete Buttigieg matchup. So why not just vote for my conscience in the in the sleeping night and then still get keep all my money because Trump's president. Then I win both ways. Sure. Like, to me that is my political Machiavellian like like strategy. Like I get to feel good and get all the same stuff without making any sacrifices. So that's the whole point. <laughs> I'm just being honest. No, I know. And yeah, it's, so. it's it's a reasonable perspective. I mean, I don't again. And I don't like hold everyone else, I mean, no, I mean, like Elizabeth Warren, no thanks. No. Yeah, not interested. Joe, no. I'm not going to vote for anyone who Again, I don't one of the reasons I wouldn't vote for Bernie uh is also that he, anyone over 70 to me is a risk to the republic. I think Alzheimer's is a real thing. Um you know, my grandmother like recently had a like a pretty like devastating like stroke onset of dementia and um yeah, I mean, it's just two days. She was literally healthy on a Monday, and by Tuesday, I'm never going to see her again. So, you know, that's how I feel about, um, you know, geriatric Sept- people. Septuagenarians. Yeah, no, it's, just, it's too dangerous. And um, I, I'm not saying we need to make a law because there could be someone who's really hip and with it at 75. Sure. I'm just saying. Look at fucking Kirk Douglas. He just fucking died. Right? Yeah, 103. A 103. Yeah. God damn. Yeah, we should all be surprised. so lucky. Yeah, let's put Michael in there. Forget yeah. him. It's just, you know, I, I'm not going to vote for old people because, one, I feel like. It's the same reason why, like, I don't trust people that don't have children either. Because what, what's 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 the, to lose? What's the skin in the game? Yeah. Like Hitler didn't have fucking kids either. Not to make one of those like easy ones, but you know. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's definitely uh, things will get dicier before they get better, and you know we'll have I think at least after you know these early state primaries, and then after Super Tuesday, we'll have an idea, yeah, a still, better idea of where I, we're gonna go. Okay, well, what does your gut tell you? Who's gonna be the nominee? I know it's early. Oh, I know shit. it's a horse race. But I know. This is crazy. Um, you're not putting your reputation time. You're just taking a shot in the dark. I think it's going to be Bernie. Honestly. It seems like a pretty good bet. Yeah, because it just... Because Biden's imploding. I mean, no, he's not imploding, but obviously he had a much poorer showing than we thought he would have. Uh, yeah, for sure. Fourth fourth in Iowa. That's I mean, bad. That's, yeah. He was supposed to get third. Mm, yeah, or, you know. yeah so be somewhere in the fucking race. But, and it was, uh, it was far... It was it, he was out there. I mean, it was like so. Right now, we're looking at I think it's like twenty six, twenty six for Pete and Ber, uh, Bernie, and then Warren's at like twenty one or twenty two, and then 
Biden was down at like 15 to 18, depending on who you look at or who you talk to. I think if Pete did a, a ticket worth Pete and Yang, that would make things infinitely more spicy for me because it would show sure. because like that would pull a lot of like like uh, Obama because there there's a segment of the population that's Obama Trump. Okay. Uh, all the swing states, for example, I think some of those people would take a good look and be like, you know what? If 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 Andrew Yang's on that ticket, that means UBI is somewhere in that ticket. Yeah. And um, and they would they would heavily consider that that, it, that VP candidates. It's really weird that people don't announce who their VP can. There's never been an election, as far as I know. Even when when Obama ran for president, both times he didn't pick anyone who was running as his VP. No. So people never do that, I guess, because. Well, whatever. That's, they don't do it for guys for political reasons. They don't want. They don't. But I think it's an interesting idea. I mean, I think if the the top runner and the second person, if you're not like in diametrically opposed worldviews, it's really it's a really powerful way to like consolidate that part of the of, of the because usually they do they do like identity politics. They pick like an old person and a young person or an experienced person and not experienced. Right. Person. Black, yeah. white, male, man, woman. This kind of like balancing the ticket to me balancing the ticket doesn't make any goddamn sense. No. What you should put right. is people who can draw people in. Yeah. Put all your eggs in one basket. If this is your line, then fucking go for it. Like so. I mean, here's here's just a throw. Yeah, McCain was obviously. I mean, our friend Juan just said like McCain was obviously like a big fucking mistake. To to throw a wrench into the entire thing is that you mentioned a Pete Yang ticket, right? If those roles were reversed and Yang was the nominee and he decided that he wanted to go with Pete as his VP, I could be on board with that, hundred percent. I have no problem with that. Well, I think it'd be a useful way for Yang to get more of the youth vote, but Yang already has some of the. Yeah, I mean, either way, like it's an interesting way to make a ticket. I'll give you that. Yeah, I, I think that would be far more palatable. Of course, because Yang is fucking better than Pete. Right. No shit. Yeah. No, but what I'm saying, though, is that it would at least give you, like, you know, you'd have your bread and butter, like, corporate dem, you know, your establishment candidate, at least on the ticket. You'd have Yang's new ideas and, you know, like, the, the fresh draw. Like, that, yeah. that would make sense to me. I don't know why that's not... I mean, obviously, because he's still in the race. And don't and me actually wrong. Front I'm, running I'm, I'm more than happy point. to talk shit about Yang, too. I mean, like, Yang says a lot of, like, dumb pandering shit to identity as well. I mean, he says, like, uh, preferably I would choose a woman as my running mate. I haven't given much thought to it, but preferably a woman because, you know, when you get too many men in a room, they do dumb stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah, because, you know. Yeah, no. in the history of the world. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, oh, you know who's got, like, a, a, like a women majority in, a, in, their, in their Congress? Uh, Rwanda. Yeah, how's that working out for him? So, like, fuck you. Like, I don't, I don't, need, I don't need to be, like. <laughs> stop stop alienating men the same men who yeah. if you that's a line that alienates men and you know where alienated men go they go to fucking uh, trump i mean so it's well you know i mean to me it seems like he's more like just shooting from the cuff he's kind of just yeah. like you know talking out of his ass like yeah spitballing i like his presence on twitter he definitely like will just like occasionally spout some nonsense but when you actually have a conversation with him like an extended conversation it seems like He's just thinking out loud. Oh, and I'm looking for the 70% guy. I'm looking for the guy that I agree with 70% of the time, 70% of the time, every time. So that's it. Um, I don't I don't expect people to share my political beliefs because my political beliefs are fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking for policies. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see we'll see what happens as as things move forward. It's just it's really interesting though. Like I mean, the the big thing for me is that when we talk about, you know, where things are going to end up and who's going to be the nominee. I'm always kind of like curious because you can see the entire like democratic machine moving against Bernie, right? They, they, they clearly like do not want him to be the nominee. Because it makes him look bad. Right. Well, not just that. I mean, it's also like it's, it's, it it disrupts the entire power structure, right? It's no more establishment. That proves that they fucked up in 2016. No, agreed. But what I, I guess 
where I was going with this is just that to me, if he's able to do as well as he did in Iowa, um, and we'll see what South Carolina looks like and blah blah blah. Yeah. But you know, if he's if he's able to capture at least the same percentage 30% or better, every yeah, time, yeah. like holy shit. I mean, this that's mm. the type of thing that I'm looking for at least. Like if you're if you're really concerned about you know who's a threat to the republic and this that and the other and who's going to be able to back us off the cliff so to speak in terms of like geopolitics and looking to the future bernie's going to fuck shit up at home most likely but will we have like will we regain our like stake in the world and like being you know the the preeminent power this that and the other probably yeah right? i mean perhaps we'll do better abroad than we do at home but but there's still weaknesses there too i mean i'm not sure how bernie would handle uh people that have uh like leftist ideologies like how would bernie talk to people in china i mean you know like he's it seems like all too often you have three choices in politics it's like we're always back in the 30s you have national socialism international socialism or decency and so and decency is never on the on, on the menu so like people you know i don't know i don't know how bernie would handle i mean i think bernie i mean one of the things I really hate about Bernie is like his Middle East policy. Like, of course, he's right about the same things. Like, we don't need a million bases. Totally support that. Um, and but when he talks about Israel, he sounds like a fucking moron. Yeah, for uh, sure. When he talks about Saudi Arabia, he sounds like a moron. You know, I've been to Israel and Saudi Arabia, and it's really amazing to me always watching candidates talk. And I'm like, you don't know anything about this region, do you? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, or or or, you're, or maybe you're pandering, maybe because you can't say the truth, right? Because to be overtly supporting Israel and as as a Jewish candidate and a, and a liberal candidate, you'll be you'll be like you'll be destroyed in the meat grinder of the the DNC. Or maybe you know to to say the truth about like why we're allied with Saudi Arabia again would 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 destroy your your liberal chops. But I don't know. I mean, he is a Marxist. I mean, this is a guy who like refuses to condemn socialism, and then he says then he says dumb he says ignorant shit. Like I've been to Denmark. Uh, like you know, I'm not sure. Has Bernie been to Denmark? I'm not really even sure. But like. The, literally the, the 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 secretary of the whatever like the economy or whatever in Denmark goes like we are not a socialist country socialism is horrible uh, we're a capitalist country we just have a large redistribution taxation scheme but we're actually rated as more competitive than America in the international markets because we have less uh, red tape and like so stop saying that but like and he just says ah eh, wipes his ass with that and like keeps spouting his stuff so again I, I I understand why he's 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 I understand why he has support like he's a left wing populist. You know, at the end of the day, and uh, and the mainstream has failed to deliver consistently since the Cold War, even since the fucking World War Two. I mean, it's just it just accelerated after the Cold War, yeah. Especially with technology, automation, and globalization, things like that. So, I don't know. It's it's a tough one. Yeah, mm-hmm. some of his views on protectionism, though, too, are like things. Yeah, he's like recently come around to the idea that I mean, uh, he used to, for example, he's a classic example of Bernie being full of shit. Bernie used to say. Why would I? He's like fuck open borders. Like if you want to protect workers, everyone knows that like immigrants suppress wages. Okay, he says that. But then now because immigrants is slang for Hispanics, to not be pro immigration, which includes illegal immigration, is to be I don't know to hate spics or something like that. And uh, and that's crap. That that you know you can't right. keep, you can't only stand up against people who happen to be white men. There are other people in the world who are evil besides white men, <laughs> or people that happen to be white men. Yeah. Right. So so like I was it just, just so saying, happens that we're the majority. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, like, oh, I apologize for being more effective at, like, consolidating resources. Said no animal ever. <laughs> you think iguanas apologize for fucking, you know, the flowers of Florida? No. Good stuff. 
What else do we have to hit? That's our paper. Right now we're just smoking and talking. Mm. Sounds good. <laughs> good times, good times. Um, let's see. Pop culture? Anything to talk about? I don't know. Billie Eilish, bro. She swept the four uh, fucking uh, main categories of the Grammys. Pretty impressive for someone who's 18. Her brother is like her producer, was, songwriter, etc. Okay, sorry. Yeah, it's the Grammys. Yeah, I was thinking of because I was thinking of uh, what the fuck's that comedian for the. Uh, Movie awards one. Oh, Golden Globes. Golden Globes. Yeah, yeah Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais. Yeah, just great. coming in with fucking hot fire for yes. everybody. Yeah, he's it was amazing. Don't you boo? It wasn't me. It was you. It was all of you. You knew. Yeah, I know, <laughs> you know, or like when he's talking about like uh, Jeffrey Epstein. He's like, he's like, I know he's your friend. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was that was pretty impressive. To be honest, it's nice to have fuck you money. I guess. Yeah, fuck you money's good. I use it every day. <laughs> hmm. Billie Eilish is gross. She looks weird. I don't, yeah, the, the hair and the things and stuff like that. I don't like uniforms. Yeah, well, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, we already touched the Super Bowl. Oh, that's it, man. There's nothing that's else it. to talk about. We're All right, cool. Well, let's wrap it let's up. Let's wrap it up, then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, thank you for watching. Um, uh, please leave any comments, anything you want that we didn't talk about, or or you think we're full of shit about. We'd love to hear uh, criticism, constructive or not. Yeah, for sure. Or just trolling. Trolling. Yeah, call good him a too. ginger fuck and like a spit kike and say get the fuck off the air. You know, I don't care. Works for us. Works yeah. for us. Anyway, well, we'll see you next time. Yes. Thanks for uh, tuning in. All right, guys, take it easy. See ya. I gotta pee. Oh, we're still recording. <laughs> <laughs>